Hi guys, this is Becky with 9187 Custom, and you're watching MMA Wreckage Radio. guys welcome back yet again to another episode of mma wreckage radio it is the 34th episode for you guys keeping count and we have an action-packed one for you of course as always i have my friend and co-host waleed here him and i are going to be breaking down last weekend ufc on espn plus 13 fights which were in sacramento which were Headlined by Aspen Ladd getting, what, I guess knocked out by Jermaine Duranime. We'll get more into that a little bit later. And then he is also going to be with me to break down UFC on ESPN4. That is headlined by two welterweights, Leon Edwards fighting RDA. Uh, we'll get into that card a lot later. But we have five guests on today. We have a amateur bantamweight champion, Robbie Bellamere. We also have... A top-ranked lightweight professional prospect, Justin Janus. Then we have three fighters that are fighting in this weekend's UFC card. We have UFC's featherweight contender, Steven Peterson, who is going to be taking on Bruce Leroy this weekend. We also have smiling Sam Alvey. Plus, the hometown kid is going to be highlighting the episode. Alexander the Great Hernandez is going to be stopping by yet again to discuss his fight in San Antonio this weekend Wally Wall, we've never had more than one fighter on during fight week. We went all out this week and pulled out three. Super excited yeah. for this show, brother. I am, brother. Very exciting. And uh, Hernandez have a big fight. Everybody have a big fight. This is a pretty good uh, UFC uh, fight night card we have. Yes. So, yeah, I'm very excited. And I want to hear everything they said. Because I know that you ask them good questions, brother. Yeah, for sure, brother. I know uh, they definitely, the UFC, that is, pulls out all stops when it comes to the ESPN cards. So this is definitely another one that's done just that. But uh, we are going to discuss all kinds of shit. One thing I wanted to just touch on a quick second for you but don't get into too much details. We'll get into the details later. But do you feel like the stoppages were too early this weekend? Uh, not really. Maybe the maybe the main event one, yeah, maybe. But the Uriah one, like because he hurt him, then he had a chance like to kind of defend himself in the ground. Okay, he, he defended himself good, but then he started pushing him, punching him in the face. And I feel like there's you will only take like a takes too, too much damages then again who knows we saw some fighters like come back like from from death so you know but the the main event one yeah i think like it was very very quick no. like the referee wanted to stop it like very quickly i don't know he wanted to go to bed or some stuff like that but the uriah favor one i don't know brother what do you think you think that both of them was early were early stoppages? oh man i mean well, the way I look at it is if you call some of those fight stops, like you can't call one without calling the other one an early stoppage. If you think one's an early stoppage and the other one's an early stoppage, that's the way I look at it. You can't be biased because 
both are similar. You know what I mean? So either you think yeah. both are justified or both are early. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we'll get into that a little later. I'm super excited for this show, man. Up first, we have uh, one of the top prospects who has not hit the UFC yet. I definitely expect him to be there very soon. He is a trainer at Extreme Couture, uh, Justin Janez. We're going to be having him on in a second after a quick station identification. As always, you guys are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. Hey, it's Black Eagle Rin Counter, and you're listening to me on MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is one of the nation's top welterweight prospects who hasn't been signed to uh, Bellator or UFC yet, Light, Justin Light. Gaines. Sorry, oh, Light. lightweight. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking to make my career at featherweight, uh, but primarily a lightweight right now. Yeah, see, because Tapology has you at welterweight for some reason. Yeah, I, you know, I, don't, I saw that. You know, uh, someone sent me that. They're oh, you're gonna plan to go to? Well, I'm way too short. I'm five seven, dude. Like, yes, I have weight and I have fought at middleweight. Uh, but when I get to the UFC, I'm gonna make my career featherweight and lightweight for sure. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I did a interview, a video of one of the fighters who you actually train in their amateur class, uh, okay. Jose Casero. And okay. when I met you, I was just completely like enthralled with your enthusiasm and everything that you put into your classes. Well, yeah, thanks, man. That's you know, I try to separate myself from the pack. We have a great coaching staff over at Stream Couture. Uh, you know, I just try to keep a high energy, high tempo, and you know, the stuff I show is stuff I believe in, stuff that works for me. You know, what I mean, I don't, I don't watch. I'm not one of these YouTube coaches that you know pulls up a different technique every week and uh, you know tries to do something fancy. I'm very meat and potatoes kind of coach, and you know what I teach is you know what I believe in, what works for me. So uh, I appreciate that, man. I take that as a big time compliment. Thank you. No, definitely. Uh, you're the current WXC lightweight champion. There's currently two of you guys at this point. Uh, what's going on with that situation? I'm I'm also the featherweight champion of the WXC. Uh, so here's the thing with Austin Tweedy, man. The guy's tough. He's been on Dana White Contender Series. We've been scheduled to fight twice already. He's backed out of both of them. Now, a little bit to go with Austin Tweedy. The first time we fought, he, uh, I think two weeks out or maybe three weeks out, it was close to our fight. He pulls his abdominal muscle, can't compete. I mean, it's the nature of the beast. I guess we do get injured. Uh, you know, it was a super bummer for me because I was ready to go just coming off a, a win off Brandon Noble. Um, you know, I later found out that his bachelor party was the night we were supposed to fight or the night before. I can't remember. And uh, which leads me to believe that he really wasn't injured. Um, uh, it, it's kind of disgusting. You know, like we're professionals. I get paid to fight. He gets paid to fight, you know, but he has a day job and I don't, you know, I train. And I fight, you know, that, that's what put food on, my, food on my table. So that was kind of a whole move by him. Now, the second time, we were two weeks out once again. And all of a sudden, he pulls his abdominal muscle once again two weeks out from the fight. You know, that, that was a really emotional pullout for me uh, because, you know, I, I got a nutritionist for the fight. You know, I got a dietitian for the fight. Um, I, 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 got a, a stra- I hired a strength coach for this fight. I knew Austin Tweedy was going to be tough. Uh, so I want to make sure that I was, you know, the best Justin James that could be, uh, you know, and then two weeks prior to the fight, he pulls out. Well, when he pulls out, that means I don't get a payday. That means all that money I just spent on my coaching staff, on nutrition, my nutritionist, my dietitian, that is, just, that's, that's tossed out the window. Well, here's the thing. When you're a fighter, sometimes you don't make a lot of money. So 
with that money that I spent on a credit card that I was going to get paid off with my purse, that fucking sucked. Yes. With that being said, the week that him and I were supposed to fight, he posted pictures of him on his Facebook or his Instagram or something running a marathon. Now, I don't know, you know, how, how you know, much people, people are listening or into fitness, but let me tell you this. A marathon might be a run, but that's a full body exercise. You don't yes. have a strained abdominal muscle and you're going to run 25 miles straight. That just doesn't happen. So this tells me again, that motherfucker is a bitch that took food off my table. Luckily, I had James Warfield, man, who's a true vet of the sport, you know, 40 years old. He's fought 100,000 times. He's fought everyone who's a who's who through all organizations. And he stepped up on one week notice and uh, showed up. And uh, we ended up fighting at welterweight, which is fine. And I was able to get the win, but he stepped up like a fucking man. And Austin Tweedy, I want him. To, I would, I would think the promotion is going to strip him. That's twice. That cost them money, man. Totally. That cost, me, that cost promotion money. And you know, fuck Austin Tweedy. He's a little bitch. Yeah. They, well, I mean, they got to promote the fight. I mean, you as a fighter, like you said, you put all this in. Would you be reluctant to sign on the contract to fight him for a third time? I will not fight Austin Tweedy. Excellent. That's good to clear unless, that up. Unless, unless. He pulls out again, and he pays me whatever my show money was. That's fair. That's fair. He, Put that I, in I, the contract. Yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, that's, I mean, like I said, these are two paydays, man. This is. Can you imagine going to work for you know six weeks, and then your boss said, hey, man, we can't pay you for another two months? Can you imagine that? Like, I like. No. Yeah, so it's like, again, you going to work you know, for six weeks expecting your paycheck, and then you know, it not coming through. Like, that was some whole shit, like. It's nothing personal against the guy. Like I'm sure he's a good guy. He has kids. He's married. You know. You know he's a great fighter. But man, that's, I mean, it just things happen. You know. Uh, I went to India last year. I fought. You know, my fight in India at welterweight with a with a with a just coming off a broken foot. You know, fighters get hurt. It's it, you, it's very rarely you go through a full eight week training camp and not get hurt. It's you got to deal with that shit, man. You can't. Oh man, I, I hurt my belly, so you know I can't fight. I mean, I can go party and drink the next night or go run a marathon the next week. But I don't want to fight. Like, nah, that's some ho shit. I need to get paid. And uh, again, I don't not like the guy personally. I mean, we probably have beers and shit, and I probably talk shit to him. But I, I think he hoed me twice, and I, I don't appreciate that. And I don't respect it. No, definitely. Is it safe to say that uh, WXC is where you're going to stay until you make the jump into the UFC? You know, uh, talking to my manager, Monty Cox. You know, the god, the Godfather of MMA, Chaz Bowling, his partner. Um, I'm not fighting for any other promotions but the UFC, man. It's, you know, it's, uh, I'm 15 and four. I have 13 finishes. 12 or 11 or 12 of them are in the first round. Eight knockouts, uh, six submissions, like 13 or four. It's something like that. Like, I'm on a four fight win streak, four first round finishes in a row. Um, you know, this, these, uh, it, it's nothing against the WXC at all. That's my home. That's my family. Uh, you know, Big John's MMA is kind of where my pro career started, you know, up north, uh, north Michigan, you know, uh, WC, uh, has been a great promotion. I'm the champion for them as well. The TWC lightweight champion, the WXC lightweight champion, WXC featherweight champion. Um, you know, I've already beat everybody in the Midwest. You know, I've fought out in California, I fought in India, I fought in Scotland, I fought in Hawaii. Uh, it's, it's, it's time I get a shot for, for at, at a big show. I, I fought for Bellator. I had a first round knockout in Bellator. They never called me back. Yeah, you spoke about being on a four-fight win streak, but if you even go deeper than that, your last 10 fights, you've only lost once. Yeah, man, and uh, honestly, uh, you know, it's against Tommy Aaron, and uh, you don't let his record speak for that guy's credentials, man. Like, that guy's a tough dude. 
He shows up to fight in shape every time. And uh, I remember when I got the call to fight Tommy Aaron, I was on a four or five fight win streak. I think I was a five fight win streak. Uh, they called me. I literally had, I didn't even recognize the number. I had a beer in my hand. I was up north deer hunting in northern Nevada up in uh, Elko. And uh, the, hey, you know, you want to fight Tommy Aaron? Lift him up. All right, hey, we fought the same opponent. Oh, this would be a good scrap. It was on, it was like, eh, I think it was three week notice. You know, I was 185 pounds, 190 pounds. And they're like, all right, we want you to fight Tommy Aaron at 145. And I told them, the, uh, I, I can't make featherweight in three weeks. I'm 185 pounds right now. I'm drinking beer up north. And they said, well, how about 150? And I said, how about 160? <laughs> and they're like, ah, you know, let's see what you can do. And uh, the promoter asked, he's like, well, let's meet in the middle. We'll go 155. And I said, dude, I, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be really hard for me to make it. And verbatim, he goes, just do your best. All right, no problem. So, you know, I show up, killed myself the way in. It was fucking awful. First round, I drop him with the left uppercut. I go for a guillotine for the finish. He scrambles out. I finish the round in his guard, and we're just kind of exchanging blows. Second round comes out. He puts it on me. Um, he clearly wins the second round. And then the third round was very close, back and forth. I think I took him down. He took me down. Like, I just didn't have a gas tank to keep at his pace. And, uh, you know, I lost the decision. Um, and one of the judges even scored the first round against me. I mean, I, <laughs> I thought it was... I, I thought the fight was over. I hit him with a left up because I square right in the mouth. Bang! He falls down on his back. I jump onto the finish. He sits up. I go for a guillotine. Roll him through. End up in his guard on top. Like to me, that's a that's a ten nine easy round. And some judges he might even score ten eight. So when I heard the judge like, all right, the first judge scores at thirty twenty seven. I was like, fuck! I don't know how I won all three rounds, but I'll take it. And then they gave it to him uh, unanimous. Yeah, I mean, I can see twenty nine twenty eight for sure. Uh, due to gas tank issues, but 30-27, no chance, man. No, not, not taking anything away from Tommy Aaron. I got the tough cat, and, uh, you know, uh, I, if I don't make that mistake, you know, I'm on a fucking nine-fight win streak now, so what are you going to do? Exactly. Um, you're a Michigan boy, but you yes, found sir. yourself in Vegas. Uh, how did that transition come along? Well, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Darren Crookshank. Uh, yes. Him and I were college roommates slash sweet, sweet uh, sweet mates being our rooms right next to each other. And uh, my junior year, he flew out, or it might have been my sophomore year, he flew out to train at Couture's for the month, or excuse me, for the summer. And uh, I had a job, so I couldn't go for the summer. But at the end of the summer, I went for two weeks, uh, got in pretty close with Ryan Couture, uh, asked if I could do my, uh, to graduate in sport and fitness management, you have to do an internship at a gym. Um, I asked Ryan Couture if I could do an internship at, his, at Couture's. Um, he said yes. I went and did my internship. Following year, uh, I asked if I could do a paid internship, did it again, and then uh, graduated college. And about three months after I graduated, maybe five months after I graduated, uh, John Hahn was the manager of Extreme Couture at the time. He called me up, said we have a, a coaching position open, asked if I wanted to come take it. I jumped on it and never looked back. That was June of 2012, I believe. So you pretty acclimated to this uh, Las Vegas summers. Oh, yeah, man. It's, I don't even – I mean, the summers – I'm never outside unless I'm hunting or fishing during the summer. I'm always in my 70-degree air conditioning. For sure. Tell us a little bit, obviously, what you like to do outside the cage. You said hunting and fishing. Man, I tell you what, I love fighting, but my true life passions are hunting and fishing, man. Uh, you know, white-tailed deer, uh, turkeys, coyotes in Michigan out here, very avid turkey, uh, excuse me, very avid coyote, uh, a mule deer I just picked up a couple years ago. Uh, last year, I went elk hunting in Colorado. I drew an antelope tag. Um, I've just been killing, uh, killing when I'm fishing or excuse me, when I'm hunting mule deer, I uh, shot a cow up last year, never retrieved it, unfortunately, but 
man, I tell you what, hunting and fishing, those are my pastimes. Spear fishing as well, dude. I tell you what, I got on Lake Mead and I'll sit there and I'll shoot fish all day with my spear gun. So where do you go at Mead? Uh, I, I go all over. It just really depends on the water temperature. Uh, during when it's hotter, like now, I'll go down to Willow Beach. Nice. Uh, about 50 feet deep, and uh, the colder water, the, the stripers will hang out in uh, in the deep water, the 50 feet water, because it's a little cooler for them. Uh, in the winter, uh, they'll come into the more shallow water, and uh, you can plug them just about anywhere in the lake. Do you ever go down to Cottonwood Cove by searchlight? All, all the time, all yeah. the time. And, uh, you know, I have never got a striper down there, but I tell you what, the bass fishing down yes. there is insane. Uh, you go in these little coves, so... That's the thing I like about diving compared to real fishing. I mean, I love to reel fish, I love, you know, rod and reel. Uh, but when I'm diving, I can see the bottoms and shit. And there's these coves. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Department of Wildlife has taken these big steel cages and filled them with trees and dropped them to the bottom. So it'll be all flat bottom. And then you'll see these big, uh, these big piles of lumber. And you just dive down to it about 30 feet. There'll be fish surrounding all over. Carp, catfish, bass, smallmouth, largemouth. And supposedly stripers, but I've never seen them yet. Yeah, I work for the Department of Wildlife. Uh, oh, I see, yeah, I see like what all the people bring out uh, every day at Cottonwood Cove. I just sit there and which watch day? them hang out. <laughs> which, what do you, what do, you do for them? I uh, am an aquatic invasive uh, species decontaminator and inspector. No so, way, that's badass. Yeah, when you guys pull your boats off, I just make sure that you guys drain all your water and stuff like that. And then uh, if there's any like any boats that have any big decontamination issues like fully contaminated with uh, mussels or zebra mussels or quagga mussels we'll go in and we'll clean the boats off and make sure that everything's ready for the next body of water what, what do you think about carp um feeling they're a nuisance nuisance right yes. yeah and i'll go out and i'll shoot 25 of them in a day and like, well, what do you do with them? I said, I take my knife, I slit them down the belly, and I let them float to the bottom while they're fish eat them. Like, oh, that's that's disgusting. You're disgusting. It's like, all right, I just fish. No, for sure. Like, you can't eat them. Can't eat them. They don't do anything. No. They're just there to swim yeah. and do nothing. And there's countless of them. I mean, don't. And I'm, from my understanding, they eat other. They eat fish eggs. Yeah, and they're huge. Yes, I, I've. I mean, I've shot. Many 20, 25 pound carp before. Yes. Good times. So, uh, when can we see you next, hopefully in the octagon? Man, I tell you what, like I said, uh, after talking with Monty, you know, I'm just looking, I'm just waiting for the opportunity, man. I'm training every day. I'm staying in shape. I'm keeping my weight low. Uh, I've had a couple calls uh, for some uh, short, uh, short notice fights from the UFC already. Uh, when I mean short notice, I mean like three days. Ooh. Uh, Actually, last week uh, in, on three-day notice to fill in against Jakar Klaus. Uh, yes. I just I, – I couldn't I, – I, I told Monty, let's take it. Uh, it was a main card fight. Let's, I'm ready to go. And, uh, you know, he just he was worried about the weight cut, a three-day weight cut, and me gassing out, you know, and reasonably so. And, uh, you know, long story short, we, he ended up turning it down. Uh, I wanted to take it, like I said. Uh, Jakar Klaus beat me in the state finals in 2007 in high school wrestling in Michigan. Uh, so, like, that would have been really cool to have been able to get in there and mix it up with him. Yes. Was, to put in the camp, he's a tough dude. He's 4-1 in the UFC. Uh, I think he's 9-1 and one overall. It's just that's a guy I would love to fight just because of our history. Um, I Like I said, I would have fought him last week, uh, but my manager turned it down. I didn't really have a say in it, so that sucked. 
No, definitely. But I mean, that's what you have in there for. He probably definitely made the same, the right decision. Jakar close on a three day notice is a big task. Yeah, it's and that's the thing. I told Sean, and you know, I've told everybody, I'll fight at one forty five, one fifty five, one seventy, any play, any time, any place. You know, like I said, I told Monty that you know I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. He's like, well, you know, it's gonna be a hard cut for three days, and I was like, yeah, that's all right. I'm gonna make it. But he's like, well, how's your gas tank going to feel? I said, well, I'm going to give him one round of hell at least. And he's like, nah, he needs three rounds of hell if you think you're going to compete. So, I mean, I, I mean, the, the fighter, the ego in me says, hey, fuck it, let's go and fight. Yes. Uh, but that's why I pay Monty uh, and Chaz the money I do uh, because they have more of a level head than I do. I just want to get in there and fight everybody. I think it speaks to your heart. Uh, it shows that you're just willing to go in there and fight anyone, anytime. Let's get it done. You know, and, and, and that's kind of what I want, you know, the UFC to see and Sean and Dana to see is, you know, I'll fight anybody anytime, anywhere. Uh, I don't want them to think that I said no to that fight. You know, if I'm hoping they see the podcast. I did not say no to that fight. I wanted the fight. I'll fight on one day notice. I'll fight, on, I'll fight fucking later on today. You know, I don't <laughs> But that's why I pay you know, my as the money I do um, to make sure they make the right decision for me. Because like I said, my ego in my heart is, you know, I, I want to get paid, man. I want to get paid. I want to put on a show and have some fun, so. No, for sure, man. Um, before I let you go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to give any shout-outs to sponsors, loved ones, or anyone who helped you out along your MMA journey. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out uh, to Lane Frost Brand, uh, new sponsor I just picked up. Uh, Lane Frost, the bull rider, uh, you know, passed away, uh, riding bulls. Uh, but anyways, check him out. Check their, him and his family's uh, brand out on Instagram, Lane Frost Brand. Uh, give a shout-out to Self Equipment out of Oklahoma. It's a tractor company, Jeremiah Self and Tony Lynn Self. Helped me since day one. Uh, they've got me through some really financial rough patches a couple times. Um, uh, Want to give a shout out to Extreme Couture, all my training partners out there. Um, you know, uh, let me think. My mom, my dad, you know, always supporting friends and family. Like, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years, man. This has been a tough career. Uh, I have a college degree. I mean, I get job opportunities to make three, four times as much money as I make right now. And uh, basically, I'm just keep turning them down until you know I get this UFC contract. So anybody and everybody that's always supported me from day one, I, I appreciate you guys. And you know, uh, although I'm I'm going to be 30 next month, you know, the beginning of a new book, the new beginning of a new chapter is about to start. So I hope everyone's ready. Hey, I'm 30. We're not old, all right. Uh, <laughs> um. You are a coach at Extreme Couture. You train a lot of amateurs. Do you have any up-and-coming amateurs who we should definitely keep an eye on? So uh, a good friend of mine, Juan Camilo, uh, he's fighting uh, for the WXC 125-pound championship uh, at the end of the month here. Uh, he's 2-0. and he's, er, he's, he's either 2-0 or 3-0. He's 9-0 as an amateur, 125-pound. Uh, crazy Mexican dude, has a high pace, ton of energy. I mean, that's somebody like, even as a 125er, you know, when I start gassing out, he'll start putting it on me, man. This is a strong, tough, up-and-coming dude. Uh, you know, he's, he's the main event for this next WXC show, fighting a guy that's 4-0. Um, I, I, I tell you, this is a guy to watch out for. Uh, there's a couple upcoming guys at the gym, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I coach a lot of kids and, and like high school kids, so they're, they're not on the radar yet, but, man, do I, I have a slew, of, a slew of young kids coming up. But check out Juan. He's coming up, like I said, for WXC 125-pound title. Definitely, man. And then where can the fans find you on social media? Hey, check me out on Instagram, J-A-Y-0-9-M-I, as in Michigan. 
That's J-A-Y-0-9-M-I on Instagram. And then uh, just Justin James on Facebook. And on Twitter, Justin James MMA. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. All right, there you guys have it. And Justin James, you're going to be seeing him very soon in the Octagon. Hopefully, uh, before his UFC debut, we'll have him back on. Hell yeah, man. Anytime, you, anytime, dude. Fucking love doing this shit. Love chopping it up. So anytime uh, you want to chop it up, let me know. Excellent, brother. Hey, have a good one. Hey, take it easy. All right, man. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Eric Anders, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys. Back at it again here with Wally Wall. We're going to be breaking, or sorry, recapping UFC on ESPN Plus 13. We're going to start it off at the prelims of the very first fight of the night. Benito Lopez went in there and got a unanimous decision against Vince Morales. It was definitely one that I did not see going that way. I thought Morales did enough to win the fight. He dropped Benito in the first round, and then he outshuck him the entire fight. And I'm not just being biased because Vince came on the show. I honestly, truly feel that Vince beat Benito this night. Yeah, I, I saw you, you got mad because of this decision and, uh, you know, like not to talk shit, but people would say that. And I think people said that this card is a Nelson Mel card. And, you know, people said that fighters should not go to decision when they are fighting against the Nelson yes. Mel dude. Okay. So I kind of agree with you. He said yeah, that I think before this, this fight. I think Vince Morales won. I think that too. But. Okay, Benito Lopez won by unanimous decision. A, de- a, a, a decision loss doesn't hurt really your career, I think. Like, it depends. Maybe if it's five-round beating, I agree with you. But when it's a fight like that, I think you can only grow. Maybe you would get pissed off about losing a fight like that and it will make you even better. So, yes, you know, yes, definitely. Sometimes losses are good. You shouldn't be like... Uh, One person... One person who went in there and put a one-sided beating on, though, is uh, UFC's newest strawweight, Brianna Van Buren. She defeated Luivier Souza by unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. Uh, the two former Invicta strawweight champions went at it, and Vienna Van Buren has proven that she is the more elite fighter. I definitely feel like uh, you know she could do things in this women's strawweight division. Yeah, there's definitely a room for her, and it was a. Uh, she fought the perfect fight, I think. Like it was a, a clear, unanimous decision for her, and congratulations to her. Yeah, I was very excited with her wrestling. She did very good with you know what she yeah. showed us. Yeah, it was a really, really, really good, uh, really good fight for her. She did everything she needed to do. Now, even though Benito started off the night with Team Alpha Male with a bang, Jonathan Martinez quietly, or sorry, quickly shocked them all with a very nice knee that landed on Pignon Liu's chin and it completely put him out. It won Jonathan Martinez a performance of the night bonus. It was, uh, like I said, perfectly placed knee. There's no better placed knee except for the one the week before that. (laughs) I mean, it's just been... Weeks of great knees here in the UFC, and Jonathan Martinez puts another one here in the history books. Yeah, we have some kind of months like that when we have a lot of armbar, a lot, a lot of guillotine choke, and right now it's like a lot, of, a lot of knockouts with knees. It's kind of weird, but it was a good. It was a good performance by him, and knockouts like that, and getting uh, the bonus and stuff like that. Like it's always good for you. 
So yeah, it was a good performance by him. One of the most impressive performances I thought was Ryan Hall. You thought he was going to come in here and do very well in Waleed, and I have to credit you on that. He did just that. He yeah. went in there and whooped Darren Elkins' ass. I thought it was 30-27. Some of the other judges didn't see it quite that, but I mean, he dropped Elkins multiple times with spinning kicks. He initiated, uh, you know, going down to the ground multiple times. Ryan Hall is very dangerous, and as Waleed pointed out, he's got a pretty good record now at this point. He's eight yeah. wins and one loss. I mean, he could very well and be knocking on the door to that featherweight top 15. If I'm not wrong, he's undefeated in the UFC, right? Yes, sir. His loss wasn't in the UFC. Yeah, so come on, man. When you see a guy who won against Darren Elkins, who was like, he's like a legit top 15 fighters, and he submitted PJ, PJ Penn, he was the first one to submit ever PJ Penn, and he won against the GOAT. So that's the biggest win. Winning against the GOAT, Artem Lobov, brother, that's the yes. biggest win. Not a lot of fighters can say that. Only 14 of them. So that's, that's pretty impressive. So, but, you know, to be serious, Ryan Hall is a very dangerous fighter. His ground game, it's next level. I don't think there's, like, maybe Brian Ortega, maybe his kind, maybe his ground game in this division is, Kind of the same, and I don't know. Ryan Hall maybe even more dangerous. But Ryan but right Hall now, is that specialist when it comes to those knee bars and going at your knees, and it's such an yeah. elusive move that people aren't used to seeing every day. And it's so hard to get someone to emulate that in the training room who is as good as Ryan Hall, especially the way he moves and the way he just sets it up from anywhere. Like we say with some big heavy-handed pitch or hitters, they don't have any wind-up. Ryan Hall's almost the same way. He could roll into an MNR roll, just roll straight to your knee at any point in the fight. Uh, it, it has to be concerning for his opponent. Yeah, for sure. And ha having a trainer like Faris hobby, I think that his striking really went up in the level because, right, his striking, he, was, he always had beautiful... But you know, he his striking wasn't really like very dangerous. But right now, like he looked good. His striking looked good. I guess a guy like Darren Elkins, come on, man. I, and and we all know if the fight went to the ground, it will be over. So Ryan Hall can be a, a legit challenger in this division, I think. No, for sure. Someone who came back from a long layoff and looked very good, Juliana Pena, went in there against Nico Montoya and got the unanimous decision. Uh, both ladies looked very good off of their long layoff, and I definitely think Nico Montoya belongs in that bantamweight division. She looked very well in the first, I would say, two rounds against Juliana Pena. But Juliana Pena ended up etching out that split decision victory. Uh, it was a good fight between both the women. Yeah, Juliana Pena just looked like that little bit more uh, dangerous than uh, Nico Montano. So, but yeah, this was a good performance by both ladies, and I think yeah, both ladies deserve to be in the, in the UFC, no doubt about it. In the featherweight division, uh, one of the other performances of the nights, a big KO. Andre Touchy Feely went in there and knocked out Shaman Marais. I mean, Andre Feely looked like a man on the mission. From the second his music hit, he ran out there. I mean, oh, sorry, the, his music didn't even hit. Shaman Marais' music wasn't even over. Andre Touchy Feely ran out on into the cage. He was ready to go. He just wanted to get in there and put his hands on Shaman Marais, and he did just that. An amazing knockout for one Andre Touchy-Feely, and it earned him an extra fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and a guy like Andre Feely, who only had tough fights ever since he signed with the UFC, 
this win is kind of really good for him, you know, because that's sweet relief waiting uh, in the first uh, round knockout in uh, Sacramento. But I wasn't a fan of his dancing after the fight. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if you saw him dancing after the, bro, the fight. What, Did you that, see that, him? That's how they dance in East Oakland, bro. He had that this face on. He was, he was getting down, bro. What you know? You don't even know about that. That's Northern <laughs> Cali. Like, Maybe I'm getting. Too you gotta get that this shit. Face, pop your collar and shit. You don't even know about that, yeah. youngin. Okay. <laughs> I don't get. Maybe it's, it's a different culture, or I don't know, baby. But come on, uh, his performance was uh, amazing, and uh, you know, I, I really hope to see him like get uh, to the level where he deserves to be. Like for him, I I think that he at some point he can challenge for the belt, but not right now. I think he's very young. I want him to fight against, you know, kind of fighters at his level right now. And I like this fight. Yes. And I think this is good for him. This is a good win for him. Definitely. One of the most impressive victories, I thought. He was the biggest underdog in the car. John Allen went in there and defeated Mike Slow Rodriguez by unanimous decision. Uh, he went in there and put it on him. Uh, some judges seen it 29-28. I didn't see that at all. I honestly thought... 30-27. I thought Josh Allen completely outmatched Mike Rodriguez. Mike Rodriguez is an awesome guy. I think he's just going to learn from this, and I think we're going to see a better Mike Rodriguez after this. Yeah, but John Allen uh, really looked very good. Like, he controlled the fights from beginning, from the first minute to the last minute, I believe. Yeah, he, I think he, 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 belongs, he belongs here like, for sure. Like you said, I think it's it was a 30-27 win for him. Like you said, I think that. I really think that. I think you're right. On that. Yeah, the judging was weird in this. Uh, I would have not wanted to leave it in the hands of the judges at all. It was very weird this weekend. Uh, yeah. One thing uh, Wally doesn't quite know yet, but Justin, who was on our show earlier, talked about he was supposed to be on this card, on the main card. He wasn't supposed to be. He had an opportunity to fight uh, Jakar Close. They UFC called him with three days notice. He just didn't have he was too heavy. So he couldn't cut down. So uh yeah. so I mean obviously Justin Janis is getting these UFC calls already. So we'll see him in the UFC very soon. I mean obviously if they were giving him somebody like Jakar or Close on three days notice, they think highly of the kid. Yeah, come on. Like if I was like his manager, a three day notice fights, well, I his, was, like his, even his even manager his manager is the one who told him no. Justin was all about okay. it. Yeah. Sometimes uh, sometimes I think you should listen to your manager. Well, that, like a manager. That's three what he notice. said. He said, Listen, I'm a fighter at heart, but that's what I pay my manager for. Listen, if it's a fight like against like a top three guy or some stuff like that, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain for the belt. I agree, but a fight like that, I, I think that it can hurt your career if you decide to fight. Maybe you will be like, I don't know, but who cares? Those fighters doesn't give doesn't give a fuck. We see Cowboy; he always agreed to fight, and look, look at how it went for him. He has a great career, so, so definitely everything. Yeah, who knows. So one of the smaller ESPN Plus main events with only five fights, we had middleweight's Marvin Vittori defeated Cesar Ferrer by a unanimous decision. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about the fight. I mean, Marvin Vittori clearly went in there and put it on Cesar Ferrer. I just, I don't feel like Ferrer really wanted to be in there a whole lot. Yeah. Before uh, 
Before Michael Chiesa said that he is Italian, I think that Marvin Vittori was maybe the best Italian MMA fighter, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. and I I really like the dude. I think he's a very good fighter, and he had some tough fights. He fought against Israel at the Sanyan, and you know. And I think he is, he can be that kind of uh, fighter that will be like top, in the top 15, maybe who gets ranked 14, 15. He will get like maybe even 10. I don't, I don't think that maybe he will go for the belt or some stuff like that. But he's a very, very good fighter. And I really enjoyed watching him fight because he fight good. And it was a good, uh, it was a good fight. It was a good performance by him. Uh, I definitely have to agree with uh, that. Marvin Vittori definitely looked phenomenal. Uh, yeah. The other set of middleweights that took on each other, Carl Anderson defeated Willington Terman by a split decision. Uh, what did you think about Carl Robertson's performance, and do you think that him winning that split decision was deserving? Listen, when it's a split decision, it's always tough because it's you, you don't really, you know, you don't know who really won. For me, it was Carl Rob- Robertson who won. For me, I really thought that he won. It was a good performance by him. But Willington Terman really looked good too. So, for me, I don't know. And again, it was like uh, it's an opinion for me. I think Carl Robertson won. Maybe for you, it was the it was uh, Terman. So no, it's kind of close. I actually agree with you. Carl, I thought Carl Robinson won too. Okay. I, I, but I could see where people can make the case for Willington Terman. Yeah, I can see that too. Like it's it, it's in a like a, it depends on how you see the fight and how do you feel like. But yeah, it, it was a good like uh, like I said for me a split decision loss doesn't even really hurt your career. So come on, you 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 just need to learn from it, and that's it. And uh, for Carl Robertson, even him winning by split decision doesn't mean like he's perfect. It wasn't the, the perfect night for him, so he still has to learn and still need to work some stuff, always. Now, the one man who definitely had a perfect performance, the only man on the card, or the main event at least, who had a dynamic finish that was not without question, Josh Emmett went in there and knocked out Mershad Bektik one, or sorry, four minutes and 25 seconds into the first round. Josh Emmett has been on a roll since coming back. He knocked out Michael Johnson. We should probably have him on the show here soon. I mean, just a great guy all around. I love watching him fight. You know he's going to throw bombs every time he's in there. The guy just throws fucking dynamic fireworks in his hands. I can't wait to see what else we have in store with Josh Emmett. Uh, like, oh, every time I see him fight, I'm always impressed by the power the dude has. Like, <laughs> it's Especially too much fire. It's too much power for featherweight. Yeah, it's too much, brother. And Mirsa Bitic, like, I have a question for you. What do you think about, like, what's your opinion on Mirsa Bitic? At some point, he was undefeated. Then he lost to Darren Elkins in like, maybe one of the greatest comeback in UFC history for me. It was one of them. I, I really enjoyed watching that fight. And now he's lost by KO to Josh Emmett. Like, do you think that that comeback really hurted him? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that big loss at UFC 209 to Darren Elkins did affect him mentally. And I think that that's what really plays a big role into it. Yeah. And, but when you looked at him, didn't you 
thought that Bektish looked very small compared to Josh Emmett. I just think Josh Emmett is very big for the featherweight division. Really? Yes. I think that Mirza Bektish can make weight at bantamweight, even at bantamweight. I think, and I, I'm not sure, brother, but I think. That'd be interesting. I think he can make the no. Yeah, I think he can make the cut. Like, he's a small featherweight. For me, I think that's – who knows? Maybe I'm just saying one bullshit. Now, one man who did make that walk at Bantamweight on Saturday night was the California old guy, Uriah Favor, he as he defeats Ricky Simone in 48 seconds with TKO. But it was a little controversial. I will say that. He did drop Ricky. He dropped Ricky clean cut – Ricky did not go out. I think Ricky at that point had already had the poise as he fell onto his ass and he was starting to back up. I mean, I, I, I don't see the stoppage being the way it was. I feel like he was scrambling still. He was working his way to get back to his feet. He wasn't just like curdling up and just letting Uriah pound on him. I, I don't know, man. Like like I said yeah. earlier, I, it's hard to justify one without saying agreeing with the same exact way about the other. Yeah, but come on. Let's go back to the walkouts, man. First, the man walk up to, to, the, to his song, the California Love, you know. People get crazy when he walk out. Josh Emmett is still there. And people start saying, oh, you know, all his corner and stuff like that. Like, I really enjoy, I really like Uriah Faber. I'm a huge fan of Uriah Faber. So for him just to see him fight again, it's a win for me. Okay. So, <laughs> but I felt that after he dropped him, I felt like Ricky Rick uh, Simon, Simon or Simon? How do you? Simon. I don't know. Simon. Why not Simon? So, he dropped him. I felt like Ricky's reaction was like getting a little slow. Like, so when he, and I don't know, Mike Bertrand is a really good, you know, ref, one of the best in the game. So I think that's, he was, I, I think it was a good stoppage. Like, you don't need to see the fighter getting, like, you know, getting, like, knocked out cold to, to stop the fight. And then again, I, I hear you and I feel I, I see your points. But for me, it was like that. For me, you I favored the it was like Ricky was getting some will get punched like unnecess, unnecessary punched. And I don't know. No, for sure. We agree to disagree. Another controversial finish was in the main event, the women's bantamweight division. Jermaine Miranda Ray made her long re way to the return. She faced Aspen Ladd. She Aspen Ladd was knocked out in 16 seconds. Uh, if you've seen some of the weigh-in videos of Aspen's lad of Aspen Ladd, they were terrifying to watch. Honestly, they were very hard to watch. She was, I mean, you could see her visibly shaking. She did not look well getting on the scale at the 135 pound. It, it just did not look good that she was going into that fight. Um, it, it was one of those situations where I, I kind of almost wish the UFC would have stepped in and said something and maybe said maybe not take this fight and let's live to fight another day. Yeah, so first I need to ask you a question. People on the internet were, call, were calling Aspen Lab Arya Stark. What do you feel about that? Do you feel like that can be her new nickname? I could see it. Yeah, that can be yeah, that can be her new nickname. That's a good nickname, brother. Like Aspen Arya Stark lad. But and I have another question. Do you think that Jermaine Durandamy is the most hated female fighter right now? 
because she got she, a lot of people hated her after she punched uh, Holly Holmes after the bell after uh, yeah after the bell and right and this was like a quick like, and it's not her fault this one is not her fault so no, do you think uh, she's she one of no people con- the she crowd? has no control in what happens when the judge or when the referee steps in yeah, I do have to go with you and agree that she probably is one of the most hated uh, UFC female fighters, but I, I think that's kind of unwarranted. I don't think that she deserves it. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, sure. she's done very good in her career. She's uh, outside of the cyborg fight, taken any fight camming. I mean, she's fought uh, Amanda Nunez when a lot of women did not want to fight Amanda Nunez. I mean, Jermaine Duranaway has definitely gone in there and, and put it all on the line for us. Yeah, but if Jermaine Duranami, like, right now, agreed to fight against Cyborg, do you think that's, like, kind of, you know, bad for her? Because she didn't agree to fight her at first, and now she agreed just because she, she saw her that she's not that invincible and she lost to Amanda? Maybe. Maybe. And then again, I'm just speculating. I'm just saying. I don't know if it's true. I don't know. I guess we, we will find think? out. Maybe she gets Amanda next. We never know. Well, maybe. Come on, if she gets Amanda next, come on. I don't think she deserves to fight Amanda next. Do you, but come see, on, yeah. do you uh, see a lot of potential opponents for Amanda Nunes out there? Outside of Caitlyn at this point, At this point, I will not get mad if she fights again against Valentina Shevchenko. Even though she lost two times to her. Oh, I would love that. I, she didn't lose two times. Valentina beat her the second time. Yeah, but on that it. note, <laughs> we are going to have a quick station identification and then jump into a quick interview real quick. But uh, we'll be back in a little bit with some more MMA Wreckage Radio. My name is Jillian Robertson and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. Joining me at this time is someone I've been looking to bring back on for a minute now. Uh, after a huge championship victory in his last performance at Victory Cage Fighting Championship, I have for you the 135-pound Victory Cage Fighting Champion, Robbie Bellamy. How you doing today, Robbie? Doing great, man. Thanks. So uh, what have you been up to, man? What's new with you? Um, After that fight, I just kind of I relaxed for a bit. I was trying to see when I was going to fight again. Um. A lot of unexpected things went down, like I'm actually moving at the end of the month very pretty far to like six hours north. Um, I'm going to have job change, obviously, even a job I've been at for five years, but I'm happy about that for sure. Um, I don't know, no fight uh, scheduled officially, but October 26 is when it appears I'll be defending my title, so... That's three months for me to get ready, and I will be more ready because I don't get too far out of shape ever. Now, with the move being six hours away, do you have a training facility already up north? Yeah, I'm. I'm in touch with uh, one my girlfriend's brother actually. Who we're moving with. Uh, he trains at a dojo there, and he competes in Muay Thai and such. Are you looking to possibly get into some Muay Thai at all? Is that something that you think you? possibly want to do I've considered it um, my focus is MMA now we'll see what happens but I think I'm going with MMA just all in MMA now 
with your last victory uh, at victory, <laughs> how did you feel like that performance went for you? It's back at 135 pounds, more your natural weight class. Yeah. Um, I honestly wasn't impressed by my performance. Um, I went in there. My prediction was a first-round submission. I thought I'd take him down and put him in a choke early in their first round and take him out of there. And I did put him in a choke, took him down, put him in a choke. But uh, he defended the submissions well. He got up in a scramble. He was able to slam me. He had some moments. He actually gave me a black eye. Like, I feel like I could have came out of there untouched pretty easily. So that just shouldn't have happened. I was telling him, though, when you hit me, I was telling him, hit me. I love it. Hit me, Javier. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something that you've uh, you've you've definitely blossomed into the last couple of fights. You, you talked a lot of shit to Kyle also. <laughs> well... I didn't really like talk personal shit, but I'm like no, but fun. like yeah, <laughs> like when we we spoke we spoke to Kyle after that fight, and he was like, "Man, I was not expecting that." Like he wanted me to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, man. Like when he talks that he's gonna annihilate me in the first round, and knowing myself, that made me a little bit lit up. Like, mmm, nah, <laughs> one round, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. Put a little fire under your belly. He still he still put a whooping down though, so good on him. No, uh, but I mean, you guys were right there for fight of the night. You were the runner-up. I mean, you put on a hell of a performance that night, even though you came yeah. up on the losing end. But also, again, it was at 145, which I feel like is a weight class that is just a little too big for you. I definitely feel like, I mean, you're cutting no weight, bro. You're just walking in on fight day. Yeah. Like, Let's go. <laughs> I'm like 148 out of shape, like right now. Yeah. So I, I feel like 35 is perfect for you. I mean, obviously you got the finish in your last fight. Both fights at 135. Or fuck, I've had three. My first one, you know, I got finished. I could go in about that, though. Fucking first fight ever. 20 days notice. Boss weight cut. I'll shut up, though. <laughs> I'm not trying to make excuses for everything. What uh? I love that that fight back. That guy's fighting pro now. He won his pro debut by second round TKO. Was there aspirations to go pro? If I could go pro by the end of 2020, that's like the goal. By the end of 2020, I don't want to do too much. You know, in 2020, man, I want to get my first pro fight in 2020. So now there's What's up? There's definitely a lot of big gyms out in Canada. Do you ever see yourself possibly moving to one of those bigger gyms? I had thoughts about TriStars. I know they have like dorms for fighters to travel and stay and such. And of course, Faraz Hobby, George St. Pierre, all the guys they have up there, like that's a good place to go to learn, you know? Faraz Hobby is um, a genius. Exactly. And I like his. I like his mindset. I like the way he goes about it. Uh, so that's a, that'd be a good choice. But I'm just going with the flow right now. I don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> Does Victory have an idea of who they would like to match you up against in your next fight? Yes, they do. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Danny Abad. A-B-A-D. And where's He's he at? Five and four. He... He trains, like, if you go to his fighter page, it says Jackson Wink, but uh, he actually trains out in New York, mostly, as far as what I know. I don't care if he's from Jackson Wink. 
that'll maybe make it a little more sweeter when I win. Right. Um, <laughs> he's good, though. I watched his tape, about six fights on YouTube of him. But I see ways to beat him. Well, I'll, I'll let you save those ways for uh, fight night, but I definitely look forward to watching it. Cage Wars, do you uh, do you feel like walking in the octagon for Slim one more time? Definitely. Whenever I get an opportunity, I'll even do it on September 13th. No, against I, anybody uh, at 135. Do anybody. you have any specific names in mind? Maybe a duel in or two. <laughs> Both of them. Both the little brothers. <laughs> there we go. Davy, you can get him back. Davy at Davey 35, though. <laughs> Davy at 35, man. I beat him at 45 in the rematch, so I don't really care about the weight, but. Whatever. 135 sounds good. But and I got to head out, but I'll stay on the phone. No, 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 no. for sure, for sure. I, I won't uh, hold you for much longer. I actually have another interview I got to get to in about 10 minutes. So uh, before I let you go, though, I, I want to get your opinion on everything that's going on right now in the UFC, which like the early stoppages and the decisions when it comes to judges, all of that. The stoppages are always a fucked up thing because you can always just like reflect on another fight where it was like they let that one go on like that, but then this yes. one there was right in there, right? Um, it's hard. I, I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist and say people are paid off, but I'm sure it's possible that happens sometimes. Well, I'll let you give the interview I had with Sam Alvia. Listen, uh, oh, he yeah. definitely he, he talks a little bit about what's going on and what he thinks is going on. And it's some interesting takes, but uh, he definitely had some interesting points on what he thought. I now, can't wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah. my Sam thing. Sam Alvey. Yeah. Smiling Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey's great, man. That dude's hilarious. But uh, before I let you go, do you have any sponsors yet? Nah. We got to get this guy some goddamn sponsors. Any Canadian businesses, anywhere and anywhere, if you're looking to sponsor a fighter, Robbie Bellamere is the man. Did you know, Robbie, that other fighters, professional fighters, sponsor amateur fighters? I didn't know that. Yes, Jose Shorty Torres sponsors amateur fighters all the time. There's other fighters out there, too. You should look into that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they understand what you're going through. I don't feel like I'm going through nothing. I'm just starting. You know, <laughs> no, for like sure. But uh, Take some people out. Before I let you go, where can the fans find you on social media, brother? Robbie Bellamere on Instagram. Uh, um, how to spell it, it'll just be in the title of this video, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that's it, really. I got a personal Facebook, but I'm not going to add a bunch of random people, you know? Haha, ha, I'm already on it. Excellent, brother. Well, I'll let you get to work, man. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. We'll have you have on again one. after you defend that victory title, man. Fuck yeah. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too. This is Julio Arce, and you're listening to MMA Records Radio. 
All right, guys, back at it again. One more time, we're going to be busting out some current events in this week. Uh, starting off with some fight announcements. Uh, we have Brian Ortega possibly taking on the Korean Zombie uh, at Fight Night event in Mexico City on September 21st. That would be an amazing fight. Could you see the potential winner of that getting a title shot next? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, Brian Ortega may deserve... Like, if it's Frankie Edgar who wins win the belt, Brian Ortega should be the guy to fight him because he already won against him. And he's the first guy to ever knock out uh, Frankie Edgar. And if the Korean zombie win, like... I think that the dude was, uh, was fighting in the UFC like since forever. I think that maybe fighting for the belt again. He won, he fought for the belt against Jose Aldo, right? Yes, very early on in uh, Jose Aldo's title run. Yeah, re really early on. So I think that maybe him fighting again for the belt would be good for him. But there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of guys coming up like Zabit. We have maybe Yair Rodriguez coming back. And who knows? I think a, a, I'm more interested in a fight between Zabit and Brian Ortega at this point. Uh, no, most oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. I would love to see those two. Two, we're talking about a dream fight. Let's talk about this Donald Cerrone going to be fighting Justin Gaethje at UFC Vancouver. I am super excited. That one's already signed, sealed, delivered, ready to go. Uh, Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, that dude is just ready to fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. He doesn't care. Uh, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. He doesn't need a training camp. Just, he just give him some fucking beer. Hopefully there's a lake nearby. He can go do some wakeboarding and he's going to go in there and kick some ass. Yeah, the, the man is crazy. That, that's the only thing I can say about him. The man is crazy. After a loss like that to Tony Ferguson, where like literally he broke his face up, and, and now he's want to fight against another dangerous guy like Justin Gaethje. We all know it's gonna be it's gonna be a war. Like it will not be an easy fight. You know that it's gonna be a war, for sure. Like there's oh, no question sure, about yes. it. But if you have to bets who will you say is going to win and how justin gaethje by knockout in the fourth round it's going to be a war like a fucking oh, war oh that's a cool thing it will be a main, it will be the main event of usc yes. fight night so that's cool we have a five round. five round yeah that's a good thing yeah Five rounds. So may I would go with maybe with a five round decision, like we had between Cowboy and Al Ayacuena. So I think that maybe will be a five round. But I think that Cowboy will win because every time you say that Cowboy is not going to win, Cowboy looked not not look very good against Tony. He said ah maybe this is the end of Cowboy, and again he come back and he win. So I will go with Cowboy. Uh, did you hear that Jack Hermanson signed a new six fight deal with the UFC? No, I didn't, and yes. I think that's a great news. Yeah, I mean, after I his huge news. knockout win against Jokere, I mean, definitely deserving. One thing yeah. I wanted to in discuss... In these six fights... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, wait, just before, before... Yeah, in these six fights, how many fights do you think he needs before fighting for the belt? Two. Two more. Yeah. Two more, he has title shot two, easily. Maybe. His only loss is to Robert Whitaker. Yeah, maybe even just... Yeah. It'll it depends. It will depend on your opponent. Yeah. 
It will depend on Robert. If Robert would uh, defend the belt or if Adesanya wins. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Did you hear that the Huntington Beach bad boy claims that he could beat John Jones? Today, right now, at this point in time. Tito Ortiz believes he could step into the octagon tomorrow and beat John Jones. Listen, man, like with all the respect I have for Tito Ortiz, I think that Tito Ortiz at his prime will not win against John Jones. Because John Jones won against guys who are on their prime, who are like the same generation of Tito Ortiz, the Rampage Jacksons, the Chael Sonnens, you know. And those fighters are like equals to Tito Ortiz, I think. And he destroyed them. He, he didn't win, he destroyed them. The Leoto Machidas and all that, he, he destroyed them. Like, come on, John Jones. If DC say, even DC, if you say that, you say, come on, DC, you got your knock, you got knocked out against him. So nobody can say that. Maybe Francis can say, I can knock him out. And then I will agree, but that doesn't mean he can, he will win. He can knock him out. Will he win? I don't know. What do you think? The, the man is fighting against Alberto De Rio. What the fuck is he saying? <laughs> I love you. That's why I wanted to tell you, bro. I knew you were going to get hyped about it. I think he's yeah, fucking ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think he would on. get murdered by John Jones. I think Chuck Liddell would get murdered by John Jones. And you've seen what Chuck Liddell did to him. Yeah. One fighter that's yeah, on the move. Come on. From the UFC to Bellator, Miles Jury. He's going to be joining Bellator's lightweight division. Okay, that's a good move for him because Miles Jury, like, what? When was the last time Miles Jury fought in the UFC? I think that he's not. He was not very active this uh, last years. Uh, let me Miles check Jury. real quick. Give me a second. His last fight in the UFC was. Here we go. Andre Touchy Feely, February 17th, 2009, in Ganu versus Velasquez. Okay, but before that, I think he wasn't very active. Chad Mendez, July 2018, Dos Santos versus Ivanov. It's taken like six months to fight. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's, this is this is a big move for for him, for Bellator, for the UFC. He's making like UFC doesn't do, they don't need new lightweight fighters. This is the oh. division where they already have yeah they have top fifty like they I, I think they all they, they can make a top hundred fighters in the, in the lightweight division. Oh for sure, I, I I just wish that that we could throw them all into one talent pool and see who the real best lightweight in the world is. Did you see that Dana White said that the Masvidal fight against Conor will not happen? And what do you think about that? I don't think that Dana White has any interest in Conor McGregor ever stepping into the octagon at 170 pounds. Yeah, at 170. But if it's a catchweight, like at 160, what do you think? I don't see Jorge Masvidal being able to get down to 160 pounds anymore. I, I mean, there's a reason why he went to 170. He was a smaller fighter when he stepped into the UFC at 155 pounds, and it was really hard for him to make that cut. He drained himself to make that cut. If he drains himself to cut a couple pounds, you've seen what fighters, what happens to them when they drain themselves. Yeah. Connor will not be draining himself. He'll be going in there, and you know what he could do with that left hand. 
Especially if your chin is already deteriorated because of a weight cut. Yeah, but for $5 million, I think that Masvidal will stop eating from now. Like, right now, he will stop eating. <laughs> right now, like at Fuck, this very minute. Yeah, for, who, yeah, I will. I will stop eating right now just to fight against Connor. But come on, yeah. I will not fight against Connor, of course. But, <laughs> yeah. That's a good matchup, I think. But I think that's the Nate Diaz fight against... Nate Diaz against Conor or against Jorge Masvidal would be a good fight. Would be a great fight. I would rather see Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. It was supposed to happen. Nick Diaz is just yes. partying right now. Well, yeah, he's like, he likes to party. Let Leave him alone. Let Nick right, party, goddammit. Right now, he's not really, uh, like, he's not posting a lot of party stuff on Instagram. Who knows? Maybe he's training. Maybe. He Those guys are know. crazy. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe he just the woke guy up one day and said, fuck it. Yeah, who knows? Y'all crazy. You had one more thing you wanted to talk about, Wally Wall, right? Yep. Which was what? <laughs> I don't remember. Fuck, bro. I don't remember. <laughs> we knocked out a bunch right there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, brother. No, it's all good, brother. It's all good. One thing right before we close that I wanted to talk to you about, though. Was did you hear about yeah. China is banning MMA fighters from having tattoos as they perform? What? Yeah. So, what? So the Chinese fighters? No, all fighters when they come to China, in the country of China, if they have a tattoo, they have is to it cover it. What? It has to be covered. Yeah, crazy shit, right? That is it kind of something uh, in their culture or stuff like that? I don't I, I don't know. I guess they're trying to get away from tattoos and the hip hop culture and all that. They're 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 taking hip hop artists off of the TVs and shit like that. All kinds of stuff. Okay, so the hip hop is a problem, but the K pop shit is good? I guess, bro, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Fuck that. No. Listen, I'm I come from a Muslim country and our football players like the team who's fighting is playing in the finals tomorrow the, the majority of them are covered with tattoo and we don't give a fuck so come let's on. give a shout out to algeria bro gonna make it to the african cup finals what do you guys call it yeah. the african cup final That's <laughs> right. you said it fucking on it bro yeah so yeah yeah it will be a, it will be it will be tough tomorrow. Alaikum, let's go so, <laughs> brother, thank you, brother. <laughs> of course, brother. But uh, we are going to cut to some interviews real quick. We have, who do we have up next, Mr. Wally Wall? Do you know, or am I supposed to figure all this shit out? <laughs> I kidding. think that's maybe Hernandez. We have UFC featherweight contender Steven Peterson. Hernandez is going to highlight the episode, so he'll be on very, very last. But Mr. Peterson, Peterson is going to be up next. Can't wait to talk to him. We were actually supposed to talk last week, but we officially got him on this week. So kind of appreciate him taking time in his fight week for us. But uh, we'll get into that interview in a second. After a quick station identification, You're like I said, you guys are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. Hey, this is Manny Bermudez, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys. Joining me at this time 
is someone I've been looking forward to getting an interview with. We were actually scheduled to do one last week. I got him here this week, Stephen Ocho-Peterson. Stephen has a great fight this week, and he's going up against Bruce Leor, Alex Casera, UFC on ESPN4. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. So looking forward to this Alex Casera fight, uh, have you brought any kind of training partners in? He's very elusive. Yeah, um, Stephen Wynn is actually doing his uh, Contender Series fight with us over at Fortis MMA, where he's been doing his camp with us. So, uh, you know, he's got a good karate-style background, moves around a lot, so he's been able to kind of mimic a little bit of what Alex does. Now, with this fight coming up, uh, how's your weight looking? Weight's on point. Um, I've never had a problem making featherweight. I, I used to fight at Bantamweight, but I've gotten a lot bigger over the years so uh you know featherweight's my new home definitely now uh in your last fight Luis pena had a little trouble making weight and uh you end up coming on the losing end of that situation but the usc rewarded you afterwards with a brand new contract tell me how that was like uh yeah it was it was stressful and uh you know him not making weight was uh i believe on his part a calculated thing um you know he had the, the height advantage, the reach advantage. He's much bigger. Um, and I thought, you know, him having to cut down to 45 would kind of even the odds with, uh, you know, him being a little sucked up and taking some of the energy. But uh, he uh, stopped cutting weight about 7 in the morning. Um, he looked fine. I've, I've been worse back when I made Bantam weight. Um, I've been, you know, really bad at weighing. So, uh you know, in my opinion, he looked fine. He looked like he could have cut the last three pounds, but uh, he refused to do so. So, uh, you know, they uh, I got 30 percent of his show money. And then uh, uh, Sean had actually said uh, at the weigh-ins, he started drinking water. I was like, he can't do that. He needs to go you know, at least try to cut it because, you know, I wanted him to put in the effort. And, uh, you know, he, he refused to. And Sean was like, you don't have to take the fight. And I was like, dude, you know, I'm a fighter. I'm going to fight. Yeah. So, uh so he was happy about that, and he was actually happy with my performance. I went out there. I didn't really take much damage. It was kind of a tricky fight. Yes. Uh, you know, lost the decision, but, uh, you know, was rewarded with the new contract. Yeah, you guys were uh, in the sauna together that morning, correct? Yeah, we were cutting weight about, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I left around 7. I was like, I'm good. I'm on point. And uh, he left at the same time as me. So I figured he was on weight. Um, the weigh-ins were at nine and, uh, he wasn't on weight. He had until 11 to actually make the weight and, uh, you know, refused to do so. Do you feel like you were kind of disrespected in a way by Luis Pena by him doing that? Yeah, I, I know that he knew I was going to take the fight regardless. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely disrespectful as a professional, especially if you're a, a lightweight going down to featherweight. You need to make the weight, and uh, you know that. I think that's why they're going to keep him at lightweight from now on. But honestly, he looked pretty good at lightweight, so he went out there and uh, destroyed Matt Wyman. So, yes. um, yeah, I think that's a good weight decision for him. If he ever decides to make the move back down to featherweight, is that something you would like to run back? Oh yeah, yeah. If he can, if he'll make the weight. Yeah, definitely got to make the weight first. Yeah. Now, uh, you spent some time in LFA. You were their champion for a while, if I'm correct, right? Yep. Uh, tell me how what that whole organization was. 
Yeah, LFA is, uh, as far as the leagues outside of the UFC, uh, it's the best in my opinion. Uh, I fought for Bellator. I fought for XKO, which is a uh, local league in Texas. And uh, LFA was, uh, you know, to take good care of their athletes. Um, they got really high level of competition and they just prepare these guys really well for, uh, you know, the best in the world in the UFC. Yeah, they're definitely one of the feeder leagues for the UFC. You see a lot of their former champions like yourself ended up being in the UFC. Um, do you feel like it's, you know, coming from an alumni group like that, do you guys, you know, stay, stick together at all? Do you still talk to any of those LFA guys? Yeah, actually, uh, Domingo Pilarde is on this card. Uh, and a lot of my guys support us MMA. Like, we, we make our way through the ranks of uh, LFA and, uh, yeah, it's cool, you know, seeing people work their way up from the local scene all the way to the, the highest level. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about Fortress MMA. Fortress MMA, uh, sorry. Fortress MMA is, I mean, that's where all the best athletes in DFW, you know, come together and, you know, perfect our MMA game. Um, I've never seen so many high-level, uh, dedicated MMA fighters in one place and most gyms you got like you know maybe one or two fighters everybody's training jiu-jitsu muay thai and then trying to put it together when they get in the uh in the cage but at fortis we're all you know like the best guy from the gym that we come from and then we come to fortis mma and there's you know just a, a ton of us uh how long have you been in texas because it says right here you're born in redondo beach california yeah, I grew up in L.A. Um, what part? Uh, Norwalk. Oh, okay. Cerritos, My uh, son was actually Wilmington. born in Whittier. Okay. Yeah, yeah I spent yeah, a lot so of time around in around L.A. LA. Yeah, I moved around most of, most of my uh, childhood. And then uh, my dad got a job out here in Texas. And it was like we moved from uh, middle lower class over there to like upper class almost. Yeah. Like we got a house that was like three times the size out in Texas for, uh, for half the money. So, um, we were poor out there and then we move back here and we're doing all right. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a big change for me and uh, it was definitely a positive change. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Cause, uh, I grew I, when I lived with my mother, uh, in high school still, we lived in like a one bedroom apartment. I graduated. She moved to Texas and then she bought like a mansion and like had yeah. a theater at her house and shit. I'm just like, dude, we lived in a little bedroom. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, cost, cost of living is definitely uh, a lot more affordable out in Texas. Uh, what are you like outside of the octagon, Stephen? What are the things you like to do? I'm real laid back. You know, I like to chill with my son. Um, you know, my family guy. I go go to lunch every weekend with my family. Um, yeah, I just kick it, man. Uh, not so intense, but uh, in the cage, it's a whole other story. Well, how old your little boy? He's seven. Oh, that's a good age. My son's just about to turn 12, so I'm getting to like that preteen stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, at seven, he's, uh, you know, got tons of energy. I feel like he kind of like took my life force. <laughs> I, he's got the energy that I used to have, and, the, you know, he keeps me busy. We go six flags, you know, in between training sessions or we'll go fishing and, you know, he loves video games. Of course. What kid doesn't love video games? Yeah. That's, uh, actually, a lot of fighters I talk to, too, that's that's one of the main things they do in their downtime is they escape through video games. 
Yeah, we, we can't do anything too crazy because you can't get hurt, you know, especially in fight camp. But yeah, well, unless you're uh, a cowboy, and then you just yeah wakeboarding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he does it, man. I I, I do one thing. I, I go skateboard, and I end up, you know, all scraped up, can't train for a week. It's like, <laughs> oh man, I'm not a kid anymore. No, yeah, definitely. Um, the first time that the UFC audience saw you was on the Contender Series. Uh, you took a loss to Benito Lopez. It was a split decision. Um, tell me, what did you learn from that fight? Um, learned, you know, just persevere, per, uh, perseverance. Just, you know, keep coming forward, keep pushing. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the, the name of my story is, is getting up every time you get knocked down. And uh, that fight was close in my opinion i thought i thought i did enough to win but uh you know i ran into a couple of flying knees but in the contender series there's you know you got to come forward i can't play the point game i can't be in and out you know i gotta be aggressive and uh try and press the box and uh you know so i i think i did what i needed to do in that fight to uh show the ufc what i'm capable of no most definitely i mean you are here now um tell me on saturday how are you looking? How do you see this fight playing out with Alex Caceres? Um, I see me having a dominant performance, um, not taking as much damage as you've seen me taking in some of my fights. You know, I'm always prepared to. Uh, you know, if we both got to go to the hospital after the fight, then so be it. You know, I'm always prepared to, uh, you know, go out in a, a bloody war. But, uh, you know, this time I don't see Alex having those tools to, uh, um, you know, damage me in that way. And I think I'm just going to dominate him and uh, you know, break his will. Now, uh, how do you see this fight playing out? Do you have an official prediction for Saturday night? Yeah, I've been saying it all along. TKO in the first round. Um, I'm going to finish Alex Caceres. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I'm a finisher. I've finished at least over half my fights. you know. Uh, and I, I'm going to go out there and show the UFC that that's, that's who I am. I'm a finisher. Now, after you finish Alex Caceres in the first round, is there an opponent you have in mind for your next fight? Or are you willing to take on anyone anytime? I'll take on anybody that gives me, really. Um, there's nobody that scares me. Um, the featherweight division's deep, so there's no easy fights in the division. And, and uh, you know, I want to go at the top 10, top 15. You know, uh, give me a ranked opponent. And, and uh, you know, no matter what, it's going to be fireworks. And uh, my goal is just to break the top 15 by the end of the year. Now, as you ascend to the top of the featherweight division, are there any particular names or matchups that you would like to see along the way? Uh, I want to fight Kyle Boschenek. Uh, um, I'd like to run that one back with Brandon Davis. Uh, yeah, those are two names that come to mind. Um, I've always wanted to fight Alex Caceres, so perfect fight for him. No, I mean, definitely Boosh. Leroy has been around for a while. He's been a name. Uh, it'll be a great victory for you as soon as you pull it off Saturday night. 100%. Now, uh, question for you. What type of things do you look forward to after you get done with your weigh-ins? Now, like some people, they have like a certain food or they just want to get a drink in them. Do you have anything in you that you're like, oh, this is my for sure go-to after weigh-ins? Yeah, when I have a nice cold blue moon, uh, make my way back to Dallas, Texas, and uh, give me some Hutch's barbecue. I've had to, they, they sponsor me, they take good care of me, and uh, I've had to hold off and, and uh, you know, stay away for the past month just to, you know, be disciplined and, you know, 
make weight. So, uh, you know, all you can eat barbecue, that's just barbecue, no doubt. Yeah, I don't know how you could make the featherweight division in Texas. I would be a super heavyweight if I moved back there. <laughs> the food out there in Texas, for you guys who don't understand, the food out there in Texas is amazing. The barbecue is top notch. Yeah, no doubt. Especially Hutchins, best in the world. Now, uh, is this the first time since being in the UFC that you fought in the state of Texas? Uh, no, I actually fought in Austin in my debut. Um, got a good crowd out there. And, uh, that fight at night so uh, you know every time I fight in Texas I have a good you know Ocho crowd behind me I fought in San Antonio in the past in 2010 I believe for Bellator so um, yeah I'm excited to be back and uh, excited to have the Texas crowd behind me do you uh, have anybody coming out for this Saturday night any friends or family teammates oh yeah got, got my uh, my teammates my whole family coming out uh, yeah, they, they support me. They've supported my whole career. And, uh, yeah, lot, lots of friends and family coming out to, to cheer me on. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is where did you get your nickname from, Ocho? So uh, when, I moved, when I made that move from L.A. to uh, McKinney, Texas, I joined the, uh, the football team. It was my sophomore year, and I was the new kid. So uh, some of the older kids started pushing me around. I had number eight on my jersey. Um they were calling me Ocho, picking on me. So obviously, you know, I got in a fight. You know, I fought back. This is where I'm from. O over here in Texas, it's like you can run your mouth all day, and nobody's gonna do anything. Yes. Where I'm from, yes. Talk <laughs> shit, you get hit. You know, like yeah, that's just how it goes. That's how it so is out here too. I was over here, and people weren't used to that. So uh, you know, when when I got in a fight. Um, Nobody knew who I was, and everybody knew me as Ocho after that. And throughout high school, just kept getting in fights. And that kid was Ocho, and he, he likes to fight. So, yeah, it just stuck with me. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand that about people from where we grew up. Like, yeah. you don't just run your mouth. Like, you're going to get hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's disrespectful. I mean, you talk exactly. Well, I mean, even like in Northern California, Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz are the same exact yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you said you're on point on weight. Can you, can you share with us where you're at right now? Yeah, I got less than ten pounds to go. Um, oh, nice. Playing for tomorrow, so I just got to sweat it out. Um, that's no issue for me. So, ready to go. Excellent, brother. Now, I don't want to keep you more because I know you're super busy this weekend, but I want to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to your loved ones, sponsors, or anyone who helped you out along your MMA career. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my family, Peterson family, and then uh, my team, Fortis MMA, um, all my training partners that helped me coming up, Tony Mack League Boxing. Um, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors, Fight Fit Lifestyle. Hutch's Barbecue, Knuckle Up Tattoo, Solid Saunas, and Fit Meals Prep. And then where can the fans find you on social media? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 8 And then on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Ocho Nation or search Stephen Ocho Peterson. I'm going to give you an opportunity to leave some parting words for what's going to happen on Saturday night. Saturday night, you can expect violence with me between me and Bruce Leroy. I'm going to be the one dishing out the violence, no doubt. Excellent, brother. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you taking time out of your fight week. 
and uh, good luck on Saturday night. And we'll definitely be rooting for you to get that victory, man. I appreciate you having me on, bro. We will have you on again as soon as you get this victory. 100%. Let's do it. Excellent, brother. Have a good day. All right, you too. This is UFC light heavyweight Mike Rodriguez. And go listen to MMA Wreckage Radio right now. Right, right now. Right now. All right, guys. Like I always say, one of my favorite portions of the show, we're going to be breaking down UFC on ESPN4. That is going to be headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos taking on Leon Edwards, a great welterweight matchup we have there. But to start it all off, we're going to go the very first fight of the night in the Bantamweight division. Domingo Pilarte is fighting Felipe Colores. I don't know much about these two guys. Hopefully, you can help me out a little bit there, Wally Wall. Yeah, I do. I actually, me too. I don't know a lot, but a lot about those fighters. They both have the same MMA record. They both have eight wins and one loss. And I think the UFC said, yeah, they both uh, have the same MMA record. So fuck it, let's put them but these, against each other in the in the. In the you know these are guys that the that the UFC is keeping an eye on, though, because they are on this card, and this is an important card for the UFC. Another group of guys that I think you should definitely pay attention to, uh, uh, some more guys we might not know, Bantamweight's Mario Batista. He's taking on Jin Sosun. Uh, I'm super excited to see all four of these fighters. I know I'll be tuning in right as these fights start, so I'll be watching every single fight on this card. And that's when you really, you know, see who's the next coming up guys. I mean, I remember watching Alexander Hernandez in her first fight. I remember Sam Alvey when he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Same with Alex Casera. And now these guys are on the biggest stage of them all, you know what I mean? These guys got to start somewhere, and these are these guys' first opportunities for you guys to watch them. I really think people need to take more advantage of that. And it's on ESPN. Can't beat that. Yeah, for sure. And Conor, even Conor McGregor started from the from the UFC fight card like that. So he, maybe we have the next, we will have the next like big star in the UFC right there. Maybe it's Bautista. Maybe it's Felipe Diaz Colares. Who knows? Even Conor McGregor didn't come to the UFC with an undefeated record. No. Okay, so I don't see the difference between them and him. Exactly. So, you know, at the beginning. So who knows? Now, one guy who's already had a title shot, Mr. Ray Borg, is going to be raking his return against Gabriel Silva. Ray Borg, I'm excited for him to actually get in there and fight. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of uh, outside-of-the-cage troubles, I would say. Unfortunately, his son had multiple surgeries as an infant. Uh, all our you know, best wishes go out to him and his family and hope everything is good with his young son. Uh, I'm definitely pulling for him in this fight because I know how hard he's worked to actually step in the octagon yet again. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he has a lot of, uh, let's say, the problems, personal problems, we would say. And this is like this is not an easy fight. He's fighting against a dude who's undefeated, Gabriel Silva, who's, who will try to come up and make a name for himself. And uh, yeah, so this is a flyweight, a bantamweight. The, oh, okay. So that's interesting. Yes, Ray Borg's going to be fighting at Bantamweight. Yeah, so that's very interesting. Like, we don't have a lot of flyweight fights right now. Now, the next... Not to say, like, we don't the, the next fight is all. a flyweight fight. A women's flyweight. 
Roxanne Monteverdi yeah. is going to finally get a rematch against Jennifer Maya. Those two fought each other back in the day in Evicta. I believe it was in 2006. Uh, Jennifer Maya won the fight via split decision. She uh, defended her Invicta flyweight title that night against Monteferi. I honestly think Jennifer Maya is going to do the same again and beat Monteferi. But Monteferi has shown me to be very wrong multiple times. I honestly thought Antonina was going to murder her. Roxanne went in there and did the damn thing. John Bigwood, I believe, has made a huge difference in syndicate MMA, and it's really starting to show, and I believe Roxanne might again prove me wrong. Yeah, I think that Roxanne is going to, for me, I think Roxanne's going to, to win this fight. But there's something interesting about this fight. This is maybe the fight with, like, both females, if we add up, like, their, the number of fights they had, maybe this is the fight both females who had the most fights in, in MMA career, I think. Because Roxanne had, had a lot of fights. Yes, Roxanne and Jennifer Maya too. for a while. And she had over 20 fights. She had over 25 fights. So, yeah. So, that's very interesting. We don't see that many times in the female uh, division. No, definitely. And uh, one thing that I, I definitely like seeing, though, is this Sam Alvey at light heavyweight. I think him at yeah. light heavyweight is more natural for him. He's going up against Clinton Abreu. Clinton Abreu is not his original opponent. He is stepping in to take on Sam Alvey at light heavyweight. Uh, I'm super excited for this. We're going to be actually interviewing Sam Alvey a little bit later on this show. So uh, we'll get into his fight a little bit later with him. But uh, what do yeah. you think about this fight, Wally Wall? First, I want to say something. If I'm out, like if I see... If I cross uh, around, like to, if I'm outside and I cross Sam Alvey and Diego Sanchez, I would be more afraid of Sam Alvey than Diego Sanchez because Diego Sanchez like look really angry and stuff like that. But Sam Alvey murder people and he's smiling. Like what the what the what kind of psycho is that man? <laughs> he's crazy. So Sam Alvey, I really like him in, at lightweight, and I think that I think that he will win. And I think he will win by knockouts, and I think that's. He will shine again because he's very dangerous at lightweight. I really like him at lightweight. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's definitely more of a natural weight class for him. And I'm all about guys not cutting a whole lot of weight. I think it's definitely yeah. perfect for him. Uh, two women, me stepping in the octagon, we get one more time tonight or Saturday night uh, in the bantamweight division. That is Raquel Pennington is taking on Irene Aldana. Uh, Raquel Pennington, I believe her last fight was her title fight loss to Amanda Nunez. Uh, Irene Aldana unfortunately beat Wally Wall's other girl from Betcha Correa in her uh, <laughs> UFC 237 fight. Uh, Aldana's on a three-fight win streak. Four if you fight, count the guy that tried to mug her. Uh, she's been on a roll here lately. Yeah. Aldana really looked dangerous, and Rachel Pennington, like, we don't know, like, Rachel Pennington, how she will be, because she got really hurt in the Amanda Nunes fight. So who knows? Maybe she will be, she will be, like, more tough. Maybe not. So who knows? Maybe we will see a different fighter. Like, maybe, you know, like, she, she will have the name of Rachel Pennington, but she will be a different fighter. So who knows? But I think that, I think that Aldana's, go, Aldana's going to win this fight. I think Rocco Pennington really got hurt in that fight, and I think that it was her only hope to fight for the belt, and she lost that. So I think that right now, like she, she's uh, she's not uh, having like a you know an objective, like something to do right now, like because she lost the fight for the belt, and 
maybe it will be soon we will see her uh, end up in her career. I think she's definitely a tough chick. I mean, she she goes in there. She's a scrappy bantamweight. I mean, they didn't give her the nickname Rocky for no reason. She'll go in there and box it out with the best of them. You've seen what she did against Amanda Nunez. She's lasted longer than a lot of other women. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this is quite the end for Raquel Pennington. I believe she still has a lot left in the gas tank, and I believe we'll see a very good fight against Irene Aldana. Yeah, I wish I wish her all the best. Like I just said, what I, what I thought, and maybe, yeah, maybe she will win, and maybe she will fight again for the belt. Who knows? Now, for our second fighter, who is going to be joining us, or who already joined us? Sorry, Stephen Peterson, uh, the featherweight. He's going to be taking on Bruce Leroy in the main event of the prelims. That is also on ESPN. Both portions of this card are on ESPN. I believe it's ESPN two. Stephen Peterson is going to be on the main event of those. Uh, super excited to talk to him. Um, like he said in his interview, this is going to be his first fight on his new contract. He was awarded his new contract after his Luis Pena loss. Uh, he didn't have to take the fight with Pena, but he decided to take it anyways. Uh, the UFC rewarded him with the new contract and now they've rewarded him with a very good matchup in Bruce Leroy. I mean, it could really project him into that, you know, 20 through 15 mark in that featherweight division. Yeah. For sure, uh, Bruce Leroy is uh, Bruce Leroy. What, the, what kind of nickname is that? But, come on. Yeah, he's been fighting in the UFC since uh, I don't know, since forever. I would say, like, you know, I always see him fighting in the UFC. For me, I, I'm not a big fan of him, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't really like him. I don't know why. I think like he's not that good of a fighter. No, I don't mean no disrespect when I'm saying that. But I think Steve Pe- Stephen uh, Peterson have all the chances, and I think to, to win this fight, and I think he is going to win this fight because I think he's more well-rounded than him than Alex Caceres. Yeah, that'd be Stephen Peterson is definitely very well-rounded. Uh, Alex Caceres has a very strong karate background. Stephen Peterson says yeah. he has guys in his training camp that who was very well to emulate. Bruce Leroy. So we'll see if that pays dividends for him on Saturday night in the main event of the prelims. Uh, In the very first fight of the main card, the heavyweight boys are back at it again. Andre Orlovsky, the man who feels like making a million walks, is going to be taking on Ben Rothwell. Uh, Super excited for this one, man. As you said before, uh, Orlovsky is not one of those guys who has a glass jaw. He's been going out there forever and just taking out guys and he'll lose some, he'll win some, he'll lose some, he'll win some. We'll see where he keeps going. I mean, every time he loses, I'm like, he should hang it up. And then he'll go out there to his next performance and he'll make me shut up real quick. Yeah, Andre Andre Alovsky. If you listen to the show, you know I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Andre Alovsky, and I think he's going to win the fight. I think this is kind of a good matchup for him. Ben Rothard also is a striker, so I think that he can outstrike him. I think Alovsky is going to outstrike him, and I think it's going to be a, a three-round uh, unanimous decision for Andre Alovsky win. No, for sure. And, uh, the hometown kid is going to be up next, though, the lightweight. Alexander the Great Hernandez. We are going to be d- discussing this fight with him a little later with Francisco Ronaldo. We've already had him on here once to discuss the fight with Francisco Ronaldo back in January. Uh, we can't wait to have him back on again. Good friend of the show. But I'm super excited to see him in the Oxcon Saturday night. After he lost to Cowboy, I sent him a text message. We were talking back and forth, and I told him, I really, really feel bad for the next guy who has to go in the octagon with you. 
And unfortunately, Francisco Sonado got that bell, and uh, he's going to be going in there against Alexander the Great Hernandez. Yeah, Alexander the Great, and he is a great fighter, Hernandez, who will who will be fighting against uh, Francisco. And I think he this is a good matchup for him for Alexander. I think that Alexander will try to win after his loss to Cowboy. I think that Alexander will try to to end the fight quickly, most quick the quicker possible. And I think he will. I think that maybe Alexander will be so angry, and I think that he will win his this fight in the first round by a knockout. I would say. Yeah, I'm a firm believer to think that Cowboy did not beat him that night. He beat himself. I don't know. If he would have been more patient in picking his yeah. strikes with Cowboy, he would have put Cowboy out. He was working Cowboy in that first round. Trump, he just yeah. got over cocky and overconfident and got worked in that second round. Just, just that Cowboy have more experience than him. And that's another thing, you know what I mean? And I'm sure he'll discuss yeah. that a little more with us later on. But I'm super excited for him to be stepping foot into the octagon one more time. Another yeah. group of lightweights, James Vick, is going to be taking on Dan Hooker. We haven't seen Dan Hooker in a little while since he fought, uh, who the hell, Barbosa. He got a beating by Barbosa. Barbosa put it on Dan Hooker. I'm super excited to see uh, both these guys in the octagon. James Vick also hasn't been back since he lost to Justin Gaethje, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I believe the winner of this should fight the winner of Alexander Hernandez for Francisco Ronaldo. I think it's just setting up that way to be a perfect dynamic, especially with where the four gentlemen are in the top 15. Yeah, that, that will be a good matchup. And uh, who do you think is going to win between James Vick and Dan Hooker? I think James Hook or James <laughs> James. <Hooker. laughs> I think James Vick is going to bring the more ex- UFC octagon experience in there, and I think he's going to put it on Dan Hooker. I think it's going to be an all-out war, though. Yeah, for sure. Who knows? Yeah, I I, I would go with James Vick too. I'll say James Vick is going to win. Now some big boys getting in there. A little controversial. Greg Hardy is taking on Juan Adams. <laughs> Very controversial, depending on who you ask. Uh, we won't get into a whole lot of detail on the background. We'll get into a little bit about his MMA career. And he's looked pretty good. If he didn't have the whole domestic violence background, do you think people would be more hyped about Greg Hardy in the UFC? A former NFL player, for sure. Yeah, people will be giving, get very hyped, and people will be like supporting him and stuff like that. But the uh, man, uh, like, will have a lot of haters, and they have good reason to hate him. What? What? Adams he will is one of those himself. guys that hates him. Yeah, but to be fair, you can't hate a guy like even though I'm not a fan of the guy, but you can't hate a man like forever. Let's give the, the man a chance to redeem himself and stuff like that, okay? Yeah, he, do, he did it. It shows so, the true character of a man and women, uh, the way they bounce back from horrible situations like that. Yeah, and we will see because uh, – and I would hope he gets he get knocked out cold against Juan Adams. And I'm just <laughs> saying, I really want him to lose. I, will want, I want Greg Hardy to lose every fight, but – but I, I'm, I'm not the kind of man like uh, who agree with the hating a man just because of, of a mistake, even though it's a huge mistake he did. Maybe he paid for what he did. I don't know. Who, I, I don't know like the full details of the story. And uh, yeah, whatever. This is a good fight. The man is 
is a good fighter. He's not a bad fighter. He's a good fighter, and uh, we will see if he's going to win this fight. Is it safe to say you're pulling for one Adams to win? Yeah, for sure, brother. I'm going to go against you on this. I think Greg Hardy's going to pull it out. I think he's got the power in his hands to finish this fight. Uh, the only thing I just haven't seen him yet a whole lot is on the ground. You can tell as an experience, especially when it's Chase Sherman fight, but I feel like he's at the best camp to sure up all those type of issues. I may want him to win this fight just to, to see him fight against Francis Ngannou or the, uh, the Derek the Black Beast Lewis and get really <laughs> I would love to I see mean, the Derek Lewis fight. I might want to see that one, brother. Just for, yeah. the, just for the build-up. I think the build-up between the two of them would be great. Yeah, yeah it would be great. We, we need to see more of the Black Beast. Definitely. We don't have Another yeah. set of heavyweights, though. Uh, big ticket. Walt Harris is taking on Alexi Olenek. Uh, I'm super excited about this one. Alexia Olenek is one of those guys who you don't really, you, you can't underestimate him. He looks, he doesn't have the prototypical look of the other heavyweight fighters. I mean, he could probably honestly even almost make light heavyweight if he really tried. Uh, but he is one of the most strongest guys that you have ever seen out there. And his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just top notch. Yeah, the, the man have a boxing record in an MMA, right? <laughs> and he is an MMA fighter. The man have 57 wins. Like, what? how the fuck can you have 57 wins? And he has 12 losses. Like, the, the man can't reach 100 fights if he, if he keep on fighting. And the he man has, is crazy. He has four Performance of the Nights bonuses in the UFC. And I think that he is maybe the only guy, if you get on top of him in a full mount, you are in big danger because he can get you in an Ezekiel choke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh, like, one how strong he is, man. It's just crazy. Yeah. And I like him. I'm a big fan of him. And I want him to win this fight. But Walt Harris is a very dangerous fighter. Yeah, up and coming. He's looking very good. I mean, I, I would be interested to see how Walt Harris fights in it, how he prepares and brings himself to the cage in this fight i think it's going to definitely show if walt harris is ready for that next level of competition yeah yeah i agree with you now do you have official prediction walt harris or alexi olenek in the co-main event i would go with alexi olenek by submission in the second i'm gonna go with walt harris i think he's gonna knock out alexi olenek i think it's gonna happen in the first round no yep just do 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 <laughs> no, I don't want to see that, but maybe it, should, it, it might happen. Now, in the main event, we have Rafael Dos Anjos taking on Leon Rocky Edwards. Both these gentlemen have been on a roll as of late. I mean, Rafael Dos Anjos, even though he lost, is always looking good in his performances. The former light heavyweight champion, Leon Edwards, I mean, he, let's just put it this way. He's one of the only men to ever beat Vicente Luque in the UFC, and that's saying a lot. I mean, he is a very good fighter. He's been on a roll. Off the top of my head, I don't exactly know what his winning streak looks like. I believe it's like seven or six or something like that. His last loss was to Kamaru Usman a very long time ago in 2015. So, uh, I mean, the, the kid's just been on a roll, and he's definitely on the cusp of being a superstar in that welterweight division. Yeah, so... I need to ask you first. Do you think the winner of this fight should fight against Jorge Masvidal? If his name is Leon Edwards, yes. 
Okay, so we agree about that one. <laughs> we agree about that because we all want to see the three pieces. Only, so that exactly, can... only because the build up, the hype. There's already a backstory there. Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Now let's talk about this fight. RDA is the most is the more well-rounded fighter, and we know that RDA is very dangerous. If yes. RDA like start the fight good, he always like you know he gets the win, he gets the W. It will depend. Leon Edwards needs to put a lot of pressure on RDA because the fighters who win against RDA other other fighters who put a lot of pressure on RDA always walking forward, always trying to you know. I'll grab, I'll strike him, you know, you're working the jab, not, you know, not taking rest. That's what he needs to do to win against RDA. So I don't have very a, a prediction in, uh, about this fight, but I know if Leon Edwards wants to win, that's what he needs to do. He put a lot of pressure on RDA. And if RDA needs to win, RDA needs to do what RDA knows what to do best. He needs to slow down Leon Edwards with some leg kicks. And you know, and just work him, work him, work him against the cage and punch him against the cage because that's what he does best. No, definitely. I think RDA's keys to victory are going to be wrestling Leon Edwards. As uh, as people yeah. have shown before, like Kamar Usman, Leon, Leon Edwards isn't the greatest off his back, and you really neutralize the power that he brings and the speed that he has on his feet. Uh, the keys to victory for Leon Edwards is going to be that boxing, that speed that he brings, that power that he has in his left and right hand. I mean, if he can, like you said, put it on Dos Santos in the early part of the rounds, I think it's going to be an easy night for Leon Edwards. Yeah, I agree with you. Because we saw RDA. We already saw, saw RDA. RDA losses all look the same. Yes. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So I think that the game plan is kind of – I would. It's kind of easy to say. I know it's not easy to do, but I think it's easy to say how you need to win against RDA. Yeah, it's not easy to do, but it's definitely easy to describe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do we have official prediction for the main event on UFC on ESPN4? Like I said, I don't really have one, but I need to say I, I will go with Leon Edwards maybe by uh, knockout in the third round. I believe it's going to be a TKO or a knockout. I believe it, like you said, it's going to be in the later rounds, and I do have to agree with you on Leon Edwards. I think it's going to be the fourth round, though. Fourth round TKO, Leon Edwards. The main reason is just to see Leon Edwards against Jorge Masvidal. Not just once. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say that. No, for sure, man. Uh, we're going to get going, though, because we have a action-packed show for you. We still have some more interviews, guys. We have Smiling Sam Alvey next, and then right after that, we're going to have Alexander the Great Hernandez headlining the show. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. We worked hard on getting this lineup for you, so definitely enjoy it. Uh, Wally Wall, we'll see you in the outros, brother. Yeah, but all right. This is Diego Lima, and you're watching MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is one of my favorite guests. He was actually on the very first episode of the podcast. Now we're going on the 35th episode of the podcast. Smiling, Sam Alvey. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for joining us again, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your fight week. You have a, a, a big fight coming up here this weekend in San Antonio. Uh, tell me, how are you feeling? I feel great. Uh, I really had a good camp. Weight cuts coming off. Uh, done a lot of work uh, with uh, Dynamic Fitness. They've helped me lean out a little bit. And then um, this week, uh, uh, Lockhart and Leaf, they, they're helping me uh, cut my weight. 
And how's that weight cut going for you? Oh, it's going to be easy. I, I've got about seven pounds to go, and it, it's easy. Nice, nice. Did you bring anybody special in for your upcoming opponent? Uh, no, I've just got a great team with Team Quest. So I, I've got a lot of guys about my size, a lot of UFC-level talent. Uh, Dom Reyes, he's probably the, the biggest name uh, in, my, in my gym outside of Dan Henderson. Um, so, yeah, Dom Reyes, uh, Reyes uh, Jamal Progus, Jared Vandera, uh, Jake Mapes. I even got a little work in with the Bellator champ himself, uh, Lovato, Rafael Lovato Jr., Oh, nice, nice. Now, this is, what, your, like, fourth consecutive fight at uh, light heavyweight? Do you feel more natural at uh, 205? Uh, eh, I feel I feel about the same. It's just an easier camp. Uh, I, I always, even when I was fighting 85, I'd get up to about 225, uh, and then I'd cut down to 85, which is which is just, I had the, the very strict, very hard camp. But at 205, it's, I really don't have to diet nearly as much. I bet you uh, Lockhart helps a lot with the dieting, though. Oh, he absolutely does, I, especially the week of. He, he cooks for me, keeps me well-fed and, and energized. Do you think that's played an important role in your career, having somebody like him on your side? Well, most of my career, I haven't had anybody. Most of the career was on my own. It was about three years ago that I met him up in um, up in Canada, and uh I've, I've never looked back. It's the biggest regret I have for the earlier part of my career is not knowing how I should have been eating. Yeah, when I had you on before, that was one of the things that you said that if you had any advice for upcoming guys, it was get with the nutritionist right away so that way you knew what you were putting in your body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I stand by it because uh, my, my old method of work out more and eat less, it, it was the wrong way to do it. No, definitely. Now, uh, you've taken some nutrition classes yourself, too. Have you uh, thought about maybe transitioning into that after your MMA career? Uh, into coaching? Into or coaching into- and then and just nutritional yeah. coaching? Yeah, I, I, I want to do all of it. Uh, I, I'm making sure that as I'm fighting, I, I, my goal is that gold. But uh, I'm making sure I, I'm, I'm the smartest fighter out there so I, I can help whoever I help next. Now, I, I heard that you went and did some hypnotist for this fight. Yeah, I've been trying something a little different with uh, Dom, Dominic, the, the uh, hypnotist. Uh, and he, he's been working with me every week. We have a meeting here later today even. And uh, it's just a little, little extra prep. Uh, you know, it's kind of like I didn't know that the, the nutrition was going to be such a big part of my game. I figured I, I'd give, I'd give uh, hypnotism a shot and, and see, if, see if it works. I've seen it work on others. I'm, I'm hoping to, to see and feel and prove that it works on me too. Yeah, I talked to Eric Anders a couple weeks ago, and he did the same thing, and he loved the outcome of it. Yeah, Khalil Roundtree was kind of the one that opened both of our eyes uh, when he fought Eric Anders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just looked like a new fighter, and he credits the hypnotism a lot, so um, I, I, I'm going to give it the best shot I, I can. So, are we possibly seeing a whole new beast? <laughs> I don't know. If, I, I'm a pretty old dog. I don't know if you're going to see a new new beast but you'll see a few new tricks excellent um i want to talk to you a second about the early stoppage in your last fight against jimmy crew i don't want to beat on a dead horse but i do want to get your opinion on the matter uh it was a bad stoppage they happen uh they've been happening a lot more lately i yes i get the feeling like there's something happening behind the stage, you know, the referee meeting or the, the individual states are saying stop them earlier. Maybe it's the UFC. I, I really don't know. 
but I, I've been getting to feel like the UFC wants to be able to brag about knockouts more than they want to brag about good fights or great comebacks. Um, by the the way the judging is going now, there's no way we would have had Dan Henderson versus Shogun or oh, no. Frank versus Gray Maynard. Uh, there's one or two, uh, or I guess it'd be two or three for them. But yeah, there'd just be no way it happened. Uh, and it's really disappointing to see. Uh, last weekend there were a couple couple early stoppages. They they were probably not going to recover. But yeah. Maybe they would have. Maybe they would have recovered. And so I, I don't know why judging is taking that turn for the worst, but I, I, I do see it happening. Do you feel like there's a solution to the problem in the coming years? Uh, no, no, I do not. <laughs> uh, I think that's just the way the sport's going. And uh, if you know bare knuckle boxing, maybe that that's an answer. If, if they start having bare knuckle MMA fights, you know, in Utah was the only. But doing it with referees that'll let a fight go a little longer. Yeah. Um, maybe if that popularity picks up, maybe if there's some sort of competition between commissions, that that might help. Now, with this upcoming fight, uh, have you gotten any opportunity to check out San Antonio yet? Yeah, I've been walking around the city uh, the the all, all week so far. It's what a beautiful city. We're gonna go do some touristy things today. Uh, and I'm still looking for the best pizza in the city um, for for after my weigh-ins tomorrow. But we, we've got a couple couple of hits. We're just looking for the, sh- the sure thing. You should ask Alexander Hernandez. I believe he's in the same corner as you. He's a hometown boy. All right, I, I might have to then. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I, I can find him today. Uh, do we have any perfect tan tattooed onto your chest, or not tattooed tanned onto your chest? <laughs> I, no, no, I learned my lesson. I am, I am perfectly tanned for this fight, but I, I don't have any logos tat, uh, tattooed on. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, who's going to be in your corner for this fight, McKee and who else? Yeah, McKee, Gustavo, and then co- Coach uh, Joe Stevenson. Oh. So the, uh, I've got a strong corner, good, good group of good group of fellas. And with this fight against Clemson, how do you feel like it's going to play out? Uh, he, he's gonna, he's gonna want to take me down. He just is. He's got big hands, so I can't sleep on those, but he's gonna want to take me down. And I've got to not only stuff his takedowns, I've got to turn the tides. I got to find a way to damage him, to hurt him, to hit him. And, and that's, that's kind of my goal. Do you feel like you hold any advantages over Clemson when it comes to the striking game? Uh, my corner is way better looking than them. So that, <laughs> that's definitely advantage. As far as the striking goes, He's got a lot of submissions. I've got a lot of knockouts. Um, so I, I would assume my power is greater, but my power has been better than uh, Jim Crute and Nogueras too. So just because I hit harder doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm going to land first. But my training camp is going to make sure, going to prove that I'm going to hit first. And uh, what are you doing to ensure that you hit first? What have you done in this training camp? Have you worked on any uh, speed drills or anything like that? You know, the biggest thing is I just had a training camp. It wasn't a short-notice fight. It was, it was I had a full, I, I took some time off after Jim Crute, and the, then I had a full eight or nine weeks for this camp. And that alone is going to gonna prove invaluable. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, a, a lot of guys talk about, you know, be ready whenever, but, you know, the importance of having that full camp is there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always ready. But uh, a 
full camp is better than being always ready. <laughs> no, for sure, man. Now, before I let you go, because I know you're super busy, I know you want to get out in the town. You gave me a couple of minutes this morning. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to give any shout outs to your sponsors, loved ones, or anyone who helped you along your MMA journey. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I love talking to people. Uh, I, and if anyone wants to hit me up on, on Instagram or Twitter, they're going to see all the people that have helped me get here. Uh, I, I, I can shout out, you know, Dynamic Fitness Team Quest, my wife, all my coaches, my, my friends and family. Uh, they all help. But if, if, you, if you really want to see who helps me get there, uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And where can they find you on Instagram and Twitter? Oh, I'm at Smiling Sam. That's S-M-I-L-E-N-S-A-M. Uh, and I love talking to people. So if you reach out to me, I'm probably going to talk back to you. There you guys hear it. Straight from his mouth, smiling Sam Alley going in this weekend on UFC on ESPN Plus. Well, no, sorry, ESPN 4. The opponent is Clemson Abreu. Sam, hopefully you go in there and uh, have a decisive victory and there's no questions in it. That is my plan. <laughs> cool, brother. Uh, I will talk to you very soon and you have a good day, man. Thank you very much, sir. You too. All right, man. Have a good one. My name is Vicente Luque, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is one of my favorite fighters in the UFC, the great Alexander Hernandez. How you doing, brother? Doing good, brother. Good to see you again, man. It's good to see you too, man. Here we go. We're at our hometown, man, San Antonio, Texas. Finally, right? UFC on ESPN for Francisco Trinaldo, brother. How do you? How excited are you hey, about you this? See me repping this. See me repping this jersey for me today, too. I right? see that Spurs that's jersey, that brother. Bro, that boy, that's that Iceman, George Irvin, right there. Dude. I like looking, that. I like that. Looking mean in the countdown right now. Dude. <laughs> I'm excited for you, man. I know. Uh, in front of your hometown crowd, I can only imagine the amount of people you're going to have there. I was at your very first fight, and I heard the amount of people you had at that fight, and that was all the way in Las Vegas. So I can only imagine the turnout you're about to have in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's, it's awesome to play on the home court. You know, I am so you, Vegas is kind of neutral ground, especially just coming in so short notice um, and being so early on the crowd. I'm sorry, early on the uh, the card, but uh, but walking. Uh, some very hostile territory, you know, uh, in Canada against, uh, you know, the, the Canadian superstar over there. And then, uh, you know, facing off with like Ronald Reagan, New York, you know, it's really <laughs> yeah. the last one. So it's nice, it's nice to be on, uh, on the home court, uh, playing with your own. So yeah, it'll, it'll be a cool change of pace. I might honestly not know what to do with all the energy and support, you know? <laughs> No, for sure. I mean, it's definitely safe to say that the crowd is going to be on your side in this one. Uh, yeah. how, you've prepared for Trinaldo already, right? Before you got that cowboy fight, we actually spoke, and that was your opponent originally for Anaheim. It was Francisco Trinaldo. So now we finally are going to get our hands on him. How do you feel yeah. about this opportunity? I feel awesome. You know, better now than I would have even felt then. That that's really fight taught me a lot, a lot about uh, composure how to evolve my game and definitely uh, season me in the octagon. So, you, you know, stepping into this matchup, nothing new in this opponent, someone I've looked at before and and, and someone I've really fought before, you know, his style's, his style's nothing new. His, uh, his movement's nothing advanced, uh, but he is a, a gritty dog. He's experienced. And so uh, going against, you know, my last opponent in New York on a big platform, 
that certainly helped kind of, you know, garner me ready for for somebody of, of, of that fight uh, magnitude. The dude's got four more fights and four times as many fights as I've got, you know. So uh, get ready, get ready for an opponent like that. Just the understanding that hey, dude, you're not just gonna run in and knock this dude out maybe in one shot. He's a he, he's a grinder, you know. He's a grinder. He's gonna be around for. 15 minutes and that's what I'm prepared for just to slowly dismantle him over the course of 15 and hopefully just put his lights out by 1430 you know that's kind of the plan um, so just being, being prepared for that I always had this idea that I was going to go out there and wipe him out and when you start breaking the top 10 you break the top 5 you start realizing like oh, these dudes these dudes have been around for a long time and guess what they want as bad as you do and so you know they're, they're here to stay so you got you got to fight in the fight as opposed to just going out there for an execution no, it definitely. I, I definitely feel like you came out ahead with this Cerrone loss. You took it very well. Um, I feel like you've grown mentally a lot stronger. Uh, do you, can you feel like you've done the same? Absolutely, man. Like I said, I, I essentially rewired the hard drive software, man, you know, after that fight because, you know, I built resistance on just blowing through people, you know. And, uh, and what I was really, I mean, could have, should have, would have done that to Cerrone too. If I just laid off the gas a little bit after I had him injured, after I had him hurt. Uh, but I had so much of this momentum of just, you know, uh, pace, you, you know, pressing and, and, and breaking, breaking the, uh, the adversary. So, uh, that fight taught me a lot again about composure and patience. I had to rewire everything, you know, no longer be out there. We're not fucking blitz creek, you know, a juggernaut. I got to. I got to compose myself, settle, use all my attributes at the right times and, and gauge the game. And so, man, I literally, I mean, I changed the way I drive, you know, my breathing and everything, the pace at which I eat, you know, literally everything. I had to rewire, become a more docile, slightly more patient person, lay off the aggression a little bit. Not that I'm like a hostile person to walk by, but just, just a matter of, you know, you emulate often how, how you how you how you operate, you know, in, in the octagon, how you operate on on on, uh, on a day to day basis, you know. That's why those wrestlers, you know, they're so so pace driven, so uh, pace heavy because that's all they do every day. You yes. know? That's kind of the way they start to think mentally. And so I kind of had a I just had to lay off the gas a little bit, kind of get that fucking woosah, you know, start start breathing in more and thinking, hey, dude, you got you got every skill at your fingertips, just apply it, you know, apply it appropriately. So. That's been the name of the game the last six months. Yeah, I've been out for a bit waiting for this next fight and had plenty of time to kind of brew over that and, and evolve. Bro, I mean, this could very easily be the most dangerous Alexander Hernandez we've ever seen in the yeah. octagon. A hundred percent, man. I've never, you know, people always say this shit, dude, and I always feel great going in, but I've never had this kind of mental clarity on, on you know, how I need to, you know, how I need to, enact a strategy or how I need to exemplify myself. You know, I've never had this kind of um, uh, foresight or understanding of just um, my own cadence. You know, it's always been just I'm going to go out there and wipe this dude out. Never a matter of, you know, hey, what's the second round look like? What's the third round look like? Or how, how do we how do we make him bite on a, on, a, on a fate or a reaction to draw him out? It's always been like, you know, you hit more precisely, you're faster, you're stronger, blow through them. Now, now we're, we're gauging the game. And you know, I, feel, I feel dangerous. I'm moving lighter than I've ever moved. My weight's so damn good. I woke up this morning just smiling. Got a good nine hours rest. You know, I'm, I'm sleeping good. Weight's good. And, uh, and and just the way I'm moving, especially right now, you know, the, the, 
the weight cut weeks always always the hardest on your body obviously you know and, and especially with just um uh trying to train and move around you're depleted so man i'm knocking out rounds right now though you know under 10 pounds out and and, and i'm moving i'm moving so well so light so fast i'm just like damn you know and, and i think it's all because of the way that i'm approaching the fight you know i go out there 120 percent sometimes a little too fast you know now now i'm i'm, I'm, I'm gauging the horsepower and it, it's 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 been a huge, huge adaptation in my game. Huge adaptation, man. It's, 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 it's everything. So do you have an official prediction for Saturday night? Man, it, you know, I'm going to exercise a tremendous amount of poise. Um, but I know any shot I land can, can just separate his soul from this earth. From, from this earth you know, so uh, I think um, it's, it's hard to say. Normally, you know, you, you talk to me six months ago, I'd say, dude, I can't picture him going past the first round. You know, I never can. But this time, the way I'm gauging the game, if, if, if I catch him, I catch him. But I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to pick him apart over the course of three rounds. I'm, I'm extremely confident in, in that course of not seeking the kill, but, but, but hunting, wounding the animal. And, and when he's ready to go, he's going to go. And so I, I imagine, you know, within three rounds, I am going to knock him out. Or TKO in my, I'm, I'm extremely confident in it, but for the first time, I'm not going into the fight looking for it, and that's all the difference. No, for sure. Uh, last time I had you on, we talked about you opening your own gym. How has that been? Man, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, so just uh, uh, got that role. I mean, shoot, it's already been um, about nine months, and we're doing awesome here in San Antonio. So uh, uh, the gym's name is Ohana Academy Northeast is my location. Huge facility pretty much every amenity you need for just general training or certainly to be a, be an athlete, a jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. And so, uh, you know, of wrestling, we got the biggest uh, wrestling uh, youth program in all of Central and South Texas. So, uh, yeah, man, it's awesome. The numbers are getting there. Uh, and we've got a great group of bodies. The MMA group that we've got, the professional team, the amateur, amateur team is, uh, is proliferating and prospering. So, man, I'm, I'm – I'm fucking happy with it. I'm really happy with it. I love, you know, yesterday at Media Day, I wanted to give more shout outs. I kind of got so wrapped up in the moment. Uh, you know, you forget to say the right thing sometimes. But, yeah. um, uh, old hand job right there. I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't know if you can see him. I today. have. <laughs> That's old Johnny O. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, we get so, uh, we get so locked in on, on everything going on. I, I want to show more love to the gym. Uh, because we got tremendous support out of Ohana. I mean, Ohana means family and dude, we're always there with each other and, and we certainly leave all the egos at the door. So, I mean, if anybody's considering mixed martial arts or just, uh, I mean, certainly if you're already in the game and you're looking to build, build on what you've got, I mean, we've got the biggest names in the state here. So, I mean, Ohana, Academy Northeast, check us out. Brandon, if you're ever around, dude, come, come swing by and, and we could even do an interview out of the gym. I will, brother. I will for sure. Who are some of those yeah. guys that we could be looking forward to coming out of Ohana? Man, so we got Washington Lutz, who's a bad, bad boy from Brazil. He's uh, he's that Brazilian bad boy. He's also got that shaved head look when he is probably. I mean, I, mean, I just, I just, I just, I just emulate the team, right? He, um, he's uh, he's a world champ out of Brazil, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing uh, athlete over here in the states. Uh, he did a little MMA, but I think he's wanting to focus on his his roots. Uh, we've got uh, Pimenta, who's like a multi, multi, multi. Uh, champ in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Denison Pimenta, um, Worlds, Pans, just like every, just one of those continental guys that just traveled and just 
control the competition. Um, uh, Daniel Dudu, we've got uh, Bruno Alves, Jason Yankton, of course. All these guys between the, all of them, I mean, we're looking at like 20 world titles and, and just, just, just not uh, continental titles. Um, Ray Rodriguez is coming out on uh, the Contender Series, August 13th. He's, uh, he's a guy who's been on the cuffs of the UFC for too long and needs to just break in already. You know, he's, uh, he's got a tremendous record, tremendous attributes. Great, great guy, great fighter. He's on the break. And, dude, just a professional team right now we've got. we got a couple guys on Bellator. We've got a Tom LFA that I got, I got five guys' fingertips between, you know, some of my closest buddies, Marcel Mickens, Colton Herrera, Patrick Ferguson. You know, all these guys that are just on, on the cuffs of, of breaking in. Patrick, especially being a light guy, he's a – He's a 125er, and so that's that's just a door knock away to get in. Yeah. See it that way because he's been killing it, and 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 they need they need those bodies, they need those little guys. So <laughs> he's gonna he, he loves to want to call him that too. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, we, we we got we got talent. We got talent. For sure, brother. Before I let you go, I want to give you a quick opportunity to give any shout outs to your sponsors, loved ones, teammates. Yeah, dude. Especially local here, man. I got Stratton Sport and Spine. Um, please come out. Support them. They, they they take care of me. I mean, I, I keep breaking down, and they build me back up. They've got um, they've got everything from uh, cryo, uh, uh, Norma Tech boots, dry needling, cupping, uh, general chiropractic care, massage, um, infrared sauna. I mean, they've got everything. Whether you're like, I mean, really, if you're just trying to be a better human being, you should stop in there and just kind of get your mind right for a business day or or an athletic day. Um, I've seen the videos. I almost want to come down from Vegas and check it out. You should, man. He's the coolest (laughs) guy, man, and he's not that normal, like, click-clack kind of guy. You come in and you get a few cracks and go. I mean, I'm super OCD, so it bugs the hell of me sometimes, and he's like, go pop the left side, not the right. I'm like, man, you don't need it. You don't need it on the right side. You're all set on this side, so I'm only going to do that side. It took me a little bit to get used to it, but I got used to it. Um, Man, I'm having a brain fart. I'm like, fucking, this is going to kill me. Oh, Steven's Roofing. Steven's Roofing. Um, wild seed hemp. Dude, the only, only, only spot that I know of, uh, anywhere within like a hundred mile radius of us. That might be the stretch, maybe like sixty mile radius. I don't know anyone in Austin or South uh, that's doing um, hemp flower, dude. They're selling hemp flower, CBD flower. I mean, you're rolling up in joints, everything. And it's nice. completely legal, hundred percent legal. They got topicals, they got pins, they got the flower itself. Wild seed hemp flower, or wild seed hemp is the name of it here in town um uh hollywood park dental those guys are the best mouth guards fix my ugly teeth they, they, i mean they, they, they do it all hollywood park dental um man i'm trying to think of these other guys on my damn shirt and i'm fucking dropping the ball on it certainly alberto hernandez jb goodwin realtor alberto hernandez uh check out gold financial mortgage um yeah that's uh that's all I got. And Rick Chisholm. Rick Chisholm, financial lending. Rick Chisholm. He's the man. Rick Chisholm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, there might be some other ones. And I'm sorry if I'm brave right now. I'm, 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 I'm about, you know, 20, 18 hours outside of weigh-in. So, I'm, 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 I, might, I might be spaced on a few. But I, I, love, I love the home team. So No, for sure, brother. And then where can the fans find you on social media? At the great 155. Okay. Great 155. There you guys go. You heard him. Uh, he's going to be fighting on the main card this Saturday, UFC on ESPN4. The opponent is Francisco Trinaldo, Alexander Hernandez, like I told you before, sir. 
I did not want to be the next person that goes in the cage with you. And uh, I feel sorry for this man on Saturday. Man, you and me both. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right, brother. You have a good day, man. I'll talk to you later. You too. What's up, guys? This is Vince from Help a Show, and you're listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for another action-packed episode. Episode 34 is amazing. We could have called it episode San Antonio, but fuck it. We decided to call it episode 34. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it all. I want to give a quick thanks to all the guests we had on our show. Justin James, Robbie Bellamir, uh, Steven Peterson, Sam Alvey, and Alexander Hernandez. Those three guys especially, I want to say thank you for all of them for taking time out of their fight weeks to inter- you know take these interviews with us. They don't need to do it so uh, I definitely appreciate it. They do it for us so that you guys can enjoy definitely everything they have to talk about these fight weeks. Wally Wall, you are another man. I yep. love to thank every single week. I appreciate everything you do, man. You have made this transition very easy. Thank you, brother. I, you know, I, I will do whatever it takes for you, brother. No, definitely. And if you guys uh, need to go and check out MMARecords.com, also we have a Facebook page, uh, MMA Wreckage Facebook page, MMA Wreckage Radio Facebook page. Check both those out. Definitely go to MMA Wreckage Radio and give us a like. Uh, Wally Wall has started up an Instagram, MMA Wreckage Radio Instagram, so you can interact with Wally Wall on that. You can always contact me on my personal page or whatever you guys feel clever with doing. Uh, we are always available. The Facebook page, we are very uh, active and we'll respond to you even if you train UFC. Yeah, even if you train UFC. Always. All right, guys. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, we will be back next week with some more MMA Wreckage Radio. Peace.